Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The lines are blurred between the living and the dead. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? And I just watch a wrestling show ever in my life. I don't want the lines blurred between the living and the dead, Rich. I just want to watch guys wrestling. Rich Crage. He's wearing it. He's wearing it. It's a button-up shirt. It's blue and it's purple. And there are purple drafts all over his fucking shirt. Apologize to me right now, everybody. Rich. Take that up. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? We are live. We are indeed live. Live as live can be All right. here on the flagship podcast. Flagshippatreon.com for the live listeners and the rest of you freeloaders. Listen to however you're listening with your podcast app of choice. Wherever podcasts are listened to. I, I don't know what the... Uh, there's like a term that everybody uses now. I don't know which one it is. It's it's where pods are listened to or where, yeah, I don't know. Some dopey app that you use. That's the, hopefully not Apple Podcasts, even though that still, I believe, is our, our leader uh, that everybody listens to on Apple Podcasts. But that's fine. It's uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So wherever you get your is that is that the is that the one that people use? Okay. Yeah. Where where do you get know. your podcast, Joe? You isn't it Google Chrome and then you right click it and download. For many years, that's how I did it. I didn't oh, you've need upgraded? Dopey apps. You've upgraded? Well, I, use Spot- I do use Spotify now. Oh, look at you. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy the interface. So, um, That's progress. Yeah. I'm, sure, people, I'm, people sure, that- I'm sure everyone's <laughs> thrilled to hear that. I'm sure everyone is. Oh, Joe's using Spotify. Oh, that's, well, that's I, great. But, see, yeah. but again, though, that no, is, I think great. that is, no. Yeah. See, I kind of think that that is a big story because for, for astute, longtime flagship listeners would know that Joe, when you would listen to a podcast, you'd get mad that like a website wouldn't have a good, like you would go, if you wanted to listen to Wrestling Observer Radio, you would go to F4WOnline.com, click over, go to Observer Radio, and then click play on like the actual the Chrome or, or I think you were using Google Chrome most of the time and you'd listen on the, you, you didn't have an app. You didn't have overcast or downcast or Apple podcast or Spotify no, or no. Google podcast or stitcher or iHeartRadio, None of that shit. No, you had the web browser and you would go to the podcast. You wanted to That's listen correct. to walk over, you know, yeah. click on over, click play, and then, you know, s- sit back on the couch and, and let it play through the laptop. Hey, sounds pretty simple. It to me. That, you pretty know, simple, yeah. It, 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 a time, a, a tried and true method 
In fact, the example you just used, I still listen to Wrestling Observer Radio through through the figure four. Well, that's true because you can't use Spotify. You got to use a. Uh, I use Downcast, I think, for for uh, the subscription stuff like that. But yeah, not easy. So there you go. You are still probably better off just cracking the knuckles and going to the website and click and play there. Yeah. No muss, no fuss. They call that rich. Absolutely. Very Absolutely. simple. Yeah. Very easy. I do like to simplify my life. As you do. You know. So you uh, do. You do. You know. What's the problem with just, you know, uh, hey. Googling the podcast you want to listen to, <laughs> clicking the link, and then slap and play on the browser? What's the problem? I, it, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, it, 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 so I think I've told this story before. Where One time I went over to my parents' house, and my dad was trying to look up something. And I said, we'll, we'll just Google it. And he went to Yahoo and then typed in Google. And then it, got, it brought him to Google. <laughs> and then he clicked Google, and I'm like, all right, hold on a minute. He's gotten much more. He's more technically savvy now. And now he sends me emojis all the time. Someone taught him emojis, and I don't know who. I don't know how, or I don't know why. But that man loves emojis. But yeah, after that, I was like, time out, time out, time out. What are we doing here? Let's 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 just skip a step here and just go to Google. Just type in Google. Google.com works, you know, instead of because like Yahoo was his homepage or whatever. So he was like, oh, well, certainly yeah, I must yeah. I must begin here. My journey begins at Yahoo. And I was like, all right, right. Well, it doesn't have to. to. That's what he knows. It doesn't have to. You can you can skip a step here. But yeah. uh, I, I guess I, I do appreciate the idea that like, well, I've opened my, you know, web browser and, and now my journey begins. Yahoo is the beginning of it. And now I must go right. from here. It's like when a squirrel is running across the street and it senses danger, no matter how far across the street it is. It will turn around and go back to where it started because that's the last safe place it knew. Right, right. right. That's why squirrels always get run over. So even if they're 90% across the street, if something spooks them, they're not going to keep going. They're going to turn around and go back to the other side. And that's why 18-wheelers run them over all the time. That's like your dad. He's just like, no, I start at Yahoo. Yahoo is where it begins. right. Right. I understand it, and I respect it. It actually makes a lot of sense. But... Him using emojis, that's bad. That's bad news. That that you got to nip in the butt. <laughs> it's too late. Can't... No, it's too far gone. It's way too far gone. Ugh. I don't know how it happened. I don't know, I don't know how it just happened. One day, he just said, like, happy birthday with, like, 17 cakes. And I'm like, what? Who taught you this? How did you learn this? And then it's been off the rails ever since then. So. I think I'm in the sweet spot of the age of people who refuse to use emojis because – all of like our parents are using emojis now, and it like right because that's what the kids are doing, and that's what you're supposed to do, or whatever. So I I, I get it, you know, I get why they do it, or, or maybe they find it cheerful or, or playful or whatever. And I'm of the age where right, and they're I, all younger people, yeah, yeah, right. Like millennials and below, they're all using emojis, right? But it's like the Gen Xers who aren't touching emojis. We're not. We're the only ones that are like we're not doing that shit. Like I'm not. I'm not putting a little heart at the end of my message. Fuck you. You know, like that's the one little slice, the one little sweet spot of, of age group that will not conform to this. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, you know, once, the, yeah, I can only imagine the kind of emojis you're getting from your old man. <laughs> so you they're, they're numerous. Ones, that, they're ones numerous. you didn't know existed. Yeah. Ones you probably didn't know existed. Yeah. They're, they're, you know? What did he send me the other day? There was something. Get, and I was like, get, what is this? <laughs> I've never even seen it. It was like a. I'm trying to remember. I'll, I'll, I'll look back at my messages and try to figure out which one it was. But it was it, it blew my mind. I'm like, how did he even find this? Like, I get the birthday cake because sometimes, like on my thing, if I if I sell somebody happy birthday, it, it'll fill it out and like the bottom line of my you know the, the thing where it's you know sort of recommending the next word or whatever. I forget what that's called. Would show me like a cake and a birthday candle or whatever. And I'm like, oh okay, so he's just clicking those or whatever. No, this guy was like 
pulling these out of his ass. I don't know where the hell he was getting these from, but yeah, very bizarre. You get weird, like like a like a guy with a sword for some reason. Yeah. Or like it's not, sometimes I'll get one from my dad and I'll be like the flag of Angola. What does this even mean? <laughs> right. Like I don't even. It's like British Rhodesia. Yeah. Is that even a country? Where did right. you find this? <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out what it is. Like, what? Why did he send that to me at, at the end of this uh, message? You know, how's the weather today in College Station? It's the flag of Angola. I don't understand, uh, and neither does he probably. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm definitely, I'm still a holdout. I'm still not an emoji guy. You, you, you know, will, you'll drop an eggplant. To, you'll drop an eggplant every so often, though. I just do my sexual emojis to my wife. That's it. I do volcano. I do you got the volcano, the eggplant. It's the same three every time. It's it's the eggplant. Is it the apricot or the peach? What's the ass? Uh, the peach. It's the, the peach. What, the what, peach. Is it the, the eggplant, the peach, and then the exploding volcano? She gets that randomly during the course of her day. And it fires her up. She gets excited. She's like, hell yeah. That's good news for me when I get home, you know? But those are the only three I'll use. I don't, you know, I won't, I, won't, I don't touch the other ones. What, what the hell's the point? I could say what I need to say with words. There you go. We're going to say a lot of words here over the next three hours here on the flagship. Uh, podcast lot that we're getting to. Unfortunately, the uh, no dope chat room filling us up with uh, random emojis that uh, I guess we started this. Uh, but yeah, we are going to talk about a lot of stuff here on this week's show. Uh, we're going to get to the New Japan World Tag League Finals. Bishman defeating Gorilla's Destiny to move on to face them again at Wrestle Kingdom. We'll talk about that. Uh, we have the Tokyo Sports Awards, the big-time awards in Japan, the big-time wrestling awards. We'll break down uh, all the winners and everybody who got votes uh, in that as well. Uh, AEW Collision, I want to do a little check-in on AEW Collision. We don't talk about a whole lot of Collision on this show really at all. Like You and I barely talk collision because it's on Saturday and and you know I, I I don't know when you watch collision most times I watch it on like Sunday mornings a lot I I, I forget when you said you, you you tend to watch it I don't know if you're a Saturday night or later in Saturday night or whatever but it never works out where we're here together on the show on a Thursday talking about collision so I want to kind of change that a little bit because I think it's been worth it uh the last couple of weeks so we'll touch on that ROH final battle coming up this Weekend this Friday, right tomorrow, actually, as a, as, as of this recording, uh, ROH final battle uh, coming away exclusively on Honor Club, not traditional pay per view, no fight slash thriller plus TV, aka the rebranded uh, fight. No, it is on Honor Club. So if you want to watch ROH final battle, you got to be on Honor Club. So we'll touch on uh, that show, uh, preview it uh, as best as we can. Uh, we are going to review NXT Deadline with the I replaced by a one. Uh, the NXT premium live event from last weekend. And oh boy, was it a humdinger, Joe. I cannot wait to talk about NXT deadline with the one uh, with a one instead of an I uh, in, in deadline. Also, we have WWE and MLW that settled their lawsuit uh, before we got to discovery. So we'll, we'll go about a little, a little bit of details on that, although it's kind of done. We're, we're, there's not much more to talk about it, but uh, uh, we'll get to at least what, what, you know, what the proceedings were and how that all kind of happened. And if we get time, MLW and Impact Wrestling. Uh, as well, so it should be a very, very loaded show here. Lots to talk about, but uh, let's start with uh, the world of WWE and um, some news that came out this week that got some people a little uneasy about uh, certain relationships uh, in the wrestling business, and that is the word that WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery were negotiating, talking, meeting about a potential TV deal for Raw. PW Insider. 
uh, reported this, the first kind of big boy. Uh, to You had a little bit of like, oh, things are happening, and then eyeballs and eyeballs and the usual kind of wrestling media. I'm hearing things. Yes, I'm hearing things that other people are hearing type of thing that we got for a while. And then finally, Mike Johnson of PW Insider just said, here's the thing. So they reported that WWE has been negotiating with Warner Brothers Discovery about a TV deal for Raw highlighted by a meeting that they had on Monday. Mark Shapiro, Nick Khan, and Triple H met with WBD Chief Revenue and Strategy Officer Bruce, I just wrote Bruce here. I believe it's Bruce Campbell. I don't know why I left out his name in our run sheet. So it just says Bruce. <laughs> it's not as <laughs> officer. Yeah, you know, everybody, everybody knows Bruce. But, like, yeah, let's be Bruce. honest. Everybody calls Bruce Bruce, right? Yeah. Like, Bruce. when he walks into that office and they go, hi, Mr. Campbell. He goes, ah, call me Bruce. You know what I mean? Like, you know he says call me no Bruce. No doubt about it. Because Bruce is such a name. You know what I mean? Like, the 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 energy that Bruce. Bruce carries, you know, that, that's such a better name than Mr. Campbell. Mr. Campbell Absolutely. doesn't, and you, you don't walk into a room with a big dick if your name is Mr. Campbell, but if your name is Bruce and you're Bruce, like, oh, Bruce, Bruce is, is a strong coming. Name. Oh, yeah. is Bruce coming to the meeting? Yeah. Oh shit. All right. All right. We better get our shit ready. You know what I mean? And then Bruce is a strong name and he's always 52. And yeah. the other thing about Bruce is when he texts you, he will send you the flag of Angola and a porcupine at the end <laughs> of the text for, for no good reason at all. That's what that's a Bruce. Does. You, gotta, you gotta respect the Bruce. Yeah, you gotta respect the Bruce. But I believe his name is Bruce Campbell. Uh, and uh, they met with him for several hours. Uh, of course, WBD is the home of AEW. Uh, they are also in ongoing negotiations with the NBA. Uh, AEW is currently signed with them through the end of 2024. Uh, Dave Meltzer then uh, followed up after he did his initial kind of uh, vague tweet that got everybody all <laughs> up and up in the you know worried about this and crazy and and, and going to wild degrees. But he kind of you know, reiterated a lot of what people were sort of worried about, or at least not not necessarily worried about, but mostly kind of talking about is that the discussions between uh, WWE and, and, and Warner Brothers Discovery were reinvigorated by CM Punk's return to the company. Dave said you know, exactly, quote, opened up what may have been a shut door. And that uh, the big house show to look at here is December 30th, where they're doing that CM Punk uh, Don Mysterio match in Los Angeles. That's supposed to be attended by all potential uh, future TV partners, including Warner Brothers Discovery. So the Punk thing is the Punk return. You know, we, we, we know that, uh, you know, one Bill Phil, David Zasloff, WBD, they are big fans of Punk. You know, Collision has largely you know been created or was created because of CM Punk. So, yeah, it's not surprising that the, you know, him going to WWE made them say, oh, hold on a minute. Maybe we can talk about. Uh, a TV deal, but what do you make of all this? Uh, is this a big story, uh, a non-story? Is it a story that is kind of TBD? Where, where where do you land on this WBD, uh, WWE discussions, rumors, whatever you want to call it? Well, first of all, Meltzer was on top of this weeks ago. He was the one who first reported that Nick Khan had met with WBD weeks ago, and it went nowhere. And it just, you know, so um, I, I don't know why everyone has forgotten about that. Unless I imagined it or it was in a dream or something, I recall Dave saying that 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 was something that happened. And then there was the whole mess that you described this week. And it looks like Meltzer and Mike Johnson are the ones that are really on top of this. And, you know, I think that um, the wrestling media in general, you know, has once again embarrassed themselves this week, you know, and, and that includes Dave, because even though he's gotten the story right. And he added some context to it, a, a context to it a few days later. Uh, the vague tweet was completely out of line. I mean, we just have to stop with that stuff. But, you know, I thought we all learned our lesson with the vague tweeting with the, with the whole WWE's being sold to Saudi Arabia bullshit that um, basically was just the product 
of you know a bunch of nerds in their group chat getting out of hand and then run into Twitter with their eyeball emojis and their and, and it all turned out uh, to be a big bunch things of things happening. Whoa, and if what I heard is true, and it's just like okay, and then it's totally irresponsible nonsense. Yeah. And you know, and, and that worked everybody up and it ended up being nonsense. It's just total bullshit. Like no truth to it whatsoever. Um and I thought we all learned our lesson, and I think some people did learn their lesson from that. Uh, you know, and then this week, you know, it's a vague tweet that kicks it all off again, where where, you know, I think I don't think Dave is, you know, meant to cause that kind of dust up. But the fact is, if you're somebody like a Dave Meltzer, who's been a trusted source for decades, you can't, you either have to spill it in the tweet, what you're talking about, or you have to not tweet. Right. I have the exact okay, words, by the way, if, if you want. He said, quote, things yeah. are changing greatly. Let's just say say things change greatly with raw negotiations from a few weeks ago. And punk is a huge part of the selling point. Now, like you said, though, if you follow what Dave's actually been reporting and what he said, and that's that's exact. I read it the exact way that everybody else did, or everybody that knew Dave and has followed stuff, is that he's saying, let's say things change greatly with raw negotiations from a few weeks ago, and Punk is a huge part of the selling point. Now, again, like I guess that's me kind of going and jumping to conclusions and just kind of saying, oh, he means WBD, because we know that Punk and WBD have, have had a decent relationship. They obviously like him, and things changed greatly with Raw negotiations from a few weeks ago, because a few weeks ago he reported that you know they had talked with WBD, and, and it was kind of an sh- open and shut case, and okay, we're not that interested or whatever. So that's how I infer, but I guess I, I get it how that's just, that is very vague, and, and the problem is it got sent to, as we say with Twitter, it got sent to a bunch of people who have no fucking idea what's going on, don't follow Dave, don't follow anything, and then just got extrapolated a thousand times yeah, over know, by people going eyeball emoji. Oh my God. Ah, 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 and then got into some crazy. Okay. WBD is going to raw is going to WBD and, and AEW is canceled and dead. And like, it just, it kind of snowballed from there as, as things do often. I, I got to tell you the, when you read it back, it's not as bad as I thought it was because what you're saying is correct. If you've been following Dave's reporting all along, you kind of knew what he was talking about. The problem, as you also noted, and therein lies the problem with Twitter as as an app. If you haven't been following Dave's reporting all along, it does come off a little vague and a little I know something you don't know, um, which, you know, I and I've complained that that's the problem with Twitter for a long time, where you may think that you're speaking to your audience and people who understand your tone, your language, your way of communicating uh, and are having the same conversation as you. But the problem with Twitter is it then reaches everyone. People who don't understand your tone, don't understand your way of communicating, don't understand your current talking points. And then it gets misconstrued, misunderstood and, and everything else. But the, you reading that tweet back, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't sound as bad as I initially thought it was earlier this week. But at any rate, um, we now know that it's, you know, Dave followed up a couple days later and with more details and Mike Johnson had details. And it's very clear that WWE is, in fact, talking to Warner Brothers Discovery. And, and um, you know, I, and there are some other people that were denying that and and, and that report. And, it, you know, it, it but it, it, it is it definitely seems to be the case. So um, what I don't like is, you know, it's it's the all-time fraud Eric Bischoff. Now, this is what bothers me about this. Okay, (laughs) here's what bothers me about this. Because it's, you know, this is a guy whose entire brand at this point, he's not the only one. 
there's some lesser people who don't even deserve their names mentioned who whose entire brand is just discrediting Dave Meltzer and propping up, you know, whatever other journalists of choice they have, um, you know, in this game where you just want to discredit Meltzer. But it's funny that Dave breaks the seal on this WWE is negotiating with Warner Brothers Discovery story. And those same people who will go out of their way to constantly discredit Dave for not knowing anything will then jump all over that like Bischoff did this week and talk about how this spells doom for AEW and, and how this is such a smart move by WWE to get in there and negotiate with them. Now, hold on a second. You can't discredit the guy constantly and say he doesn't know anything. And then when he breaks the seal on a story, piggyback it because, see, this is this is how Eric Bischoff exposes himself. OK, because it's whatever his uh, dopey fan base or, or his, you know, his whatever, whatever he understands. He's, I've never called him stupid. It's whatever he feels is going to suit his dopey audience. And he knows that his dopey audience wants to hear AEW doom and gloom. So he'll gladly latch on to a story like this, even if it's being reported by Dave, because he knows that's feeding into what his audience wants to hear. Just like. His audience wants to hear uh, Dave Meltzer slander and Dave, and Dave Meltzer being discredited and 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 what's, what's the whole? Interesting... I don't know how many times you've actually listened to eighty three weeks, and I, I would not advise ever doing that. But um, that that's what the entire show is. Like he'll do the show where Conrad right. just basically reads to the Observer. Seventy five percent of it, Eric goes, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, and reacts to it, and then one thing will be what he thinks is wrong or that he misremembers or whatever. And then he goes on a 25 minute rant about how the dirty writers make everything up or whatever. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. The entire pre- show premise of the show is Conrad's reading you the observers and 95% of this stuff. You're nodding along going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something, Oh, this guy, he's got no idea what he's doing. He just makes shit up. And uh, he's a jock sniffer and all that. It's just like, what? You, what? <laughs> but, but again, like you said, that's, that's, that's meat for the fan base. They love that shit. They, they'll ignore the 90% of the show where Dave is writing all this stuff and Eric's just nodding along and uh-huh yeah 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 this is what happened and okay that 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 to all get to the one point where he goes oh this dirt uh, dirt sheet bullshit god damn it you know all about that where where yeah just and that's exactly it too he he can discredit Dave all he wants and then spend the next you know the next day going oh yeah 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 punk's really paying off for WWE already and it's like okay what well, what is it then well yeah and that's that's the other con- massive contradiction when when punk was with AEW Bischoff was constantly talking about how he's not a draw and he was never a big star, and he's not, uh, and he's not benefiting AEW. The guy goes to WWE, and he has done a complete 180 on CM Punk. Oh, he's helping him get in the door with with WBD. Ah, he's he's a great television draw. Oh, they're gonna, they're handling him so well, and he's doing such great things. And, and, and it's amazing to me that people don't see through this. It, it's just whatever suits his audience is what his stance is. There's he's just totally disingenuous, and it's all a game. And in this instance, Bischoff cannot lose, right? Because if WBD cuts a deal with WWE, well, this is what Bischoff has been touting for the last three days. Oh, it's it's a brilliant, it's a stroke of genius. If they don't, he can say that Dave Meltzer once again was full of shit and had mm-hmm. bad information. Mm-hmm. You, you see how he's, he's very smart. So this is no, what, we we will we'll yes, never, I've never ever, said he's ever call Eric. He's, we'll call him a fraud. <laughs> we'll call him a fraud all right. day, every day, and I'll shoot that. I'll, I'll shout that from the mountaintops as long as I live. But he's not a dummy. He is not a dummy. He might not make great business decisions, and he might be an all-time fraud in terms of wrestling promotion and and wrestling business or whatever. But he is not a dumb guy at all. He's very smart. 
very calculated in everything he does. Right. So now how, no matter how this plays out, he has an angle to play for his audience. Hashtag strictly business. And, and, and so it goes. Um, so, you know, and, and so that's one facet of this where it's, uh, where it, it's fascinating to watch from afar and watch it play out. But, um, yeah, really just wrestling media in a lot of ways, shitting all over themselves again, you know, shitting down their pant leg. But, you know, we just saw this with baseball media with the Otani. I was going to say so not, 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 not exclusive to wrestling, unfortunately. Pro wrestling. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so, you know, Otani, if you were to believe a lot of people who work for real outlets is playing for the Toronto Blue Jays now, which obviously is not the case. So, um, you know, we see this in it's, it's, it's it's worse in wrestling, obviously, for all the reasons that oh, we've happens. Yeah, it happens multiple times, times a week. Yeah, it happens so often yeah. that that it, that becomes the biggest issue. But for people that do not know, the the Otani news was essentially uh, the day before, maybe the day. Yeah, I guess it was the day before he officially announced that he was signing with the Dodgers. That became official. There was all this speculation that he was going to Toronto, and then there was this big stuff about this plane that was supposedly going from Anaheim to Toronto and that Otani was on that plane and that's the plane that he's going to, and then, and then little by little people did the thing that we always talk about in this, instead of being correct, they want to be current. And this is a big problem I think with Twitter and everybody always says, Oh, you know, uh, I, I can't get rid of Twitter because it's the best for breaking news. I've always argued. It's not the best for breaking news because all it does is it, it's just a powder keg of misinformation all the time it, because – and this Otani thing is exactly what happens. One person got whiff of this, you know, hey, Otani could be going to Toronto thing, and nobody wanted to not be in on it. Now, your big boy journalists, your big boy reporters, they didn't – they stayed out of it. Like like your Woj's and your your, your Shams and, and, and stuff in the NBA will stay out of this or whatever. But, like, all the other kind of bit players in the game are like, well, shit, I don't want to be – I don't want to miss out on this Otani to Toronto thing. So little by little, this this snowball effect happens where everyone's like, yes, what you're hearing is also what I'm hearing. And, and ah, I'm hearing some of the same things that's being said. Or, hmm, yep, yep, uh, I think that's right. Or, oh, that I'm hearing what, you know, is being said and all – and, and Everybody kept doing this, and everybody kept doing this, and everybody kept doing this, and then eventually it came out that no, just some dude flying a plane from Anaheim to Toronto. Otani wasn't on there, and Otani's in California because then finally at like I think it was five p.m. or something like that, the adults in the room had to had to step up, and your John Heyman's and your Bob Nightingales and those sort of guys had to say, Otani's in California. He's not. He's not in Toronto. What are you guys talking about? And then like a couple hours later, he signed with the Dodgers, and it was like all these people showed their ass all day on this Toronto stuff because they wanted to be current. They wanted to be in with the conversation and instead of being right and instead of actually figuring out what the real story was or doing real journalism, it was eyeball emojis. Ah, mm-hmm, I'm hearing things that you're all hearing. Ah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly the thing. we, you know, it, it goes right back to the Saudi thing that we talked about with WWE, where instead of anybody doing any real journalism, it was just eyeball emojis. If what I'm hearing is true, oh my God, and oh my God, oh wow, big things are happening. And that's it's all about being current it, and being in the conversation so that, instead of being right. It, well, it's so that if the thing happens, you could say you were right. And what a lot of the baseball writers were doing, like there was one guy who, uh, who flat out said that he, he had a time for the, for the, for the media conference. He's like, oh, the media conference. Oh, that guy. Yeah. It was like Otani media conference, 6 PM. And I was like, whoa, yeah. all right. And, <laughs> you know, and then yet other people, you know, tracking. And first of all, just let me say, whether it's because this this has happened. Oh, the plane tracking too. people. Oh, please. If you're if you're if anyone who tracks a private plane, it, that's loser shit. You're a fucking loser if you're tracking private planes. 
in, in an effort to, to to trail down a story. The only people, I, 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 I'm serious. That is loser shit. It's you, loser you can't shit. Be the tracking only private <laughs> the only people I will give a a modicum of credit to are college football weirdos. Because college football weirdos are already weirdos anyway, and also it's a lot easier to, to track who's moving from like Tuscaloosa to you know College Station or whatever. Yeah, it's but, like you know, college, but college football should be abolished, so it's still losership. I mean, so I agree it, that it's losership, you know, it, but th- I think those people are well aware of how big a losers they are. Whereas this, yeah, some yeah. poor guy, some poor sap, probably some Toronto businessman or whatever, was going to no, Disney you know World with his children no, or whatever. No, no, no. no, do you know who it was? It was. It was one of the guys from Shark Tank. It was and and he was he was flying back from L.A. to Toronto. His family was just going back home for the weekend. Ugh. That's what it was. And, and you had six thousand people watching the every move. Oh, it's over right. Iowa now. Oh my God, he's going to be there any minute now. Like... Yeah, and these losers who who are tracking private flights just assumed it was Otani on the flight. And then what happens is. If you're a mid-level or a low-level baseball reporter, you're like, well, I can just gamble here. And if it is Otani on the flight, I could be, you know, when Ken Rosenthal sends out his tweet saying that Otani is signing, he's going to credit me for having it first. And I could make – that's the game. Ugh. And that's kind of what Kill you were saying. Kill me. I hate this so they're, much. God damn it. They're, they're, they were, they're gambling. They're gambling. And, that, and what we're seeing, you know – in wrestling media now too is is someone will break a story and then another reporter will go oh i can confirm that too or or here's what i'm hearing about this and it's yeah. like i am well, also like, hearing the same things I that can wasn't confirm. your story yeah. <laughs> like that's not your story and you're not really adding anything when you do that and and this week it turned out that the story was true and you had people denying the story and i'm you know and everybody has different sources i get it you know what i mean it's not it's i don't think well, I like to think that nobody is making things up just in an effort to discredit another reporter. And, and I, I don't think that's happening. I don't want to think that's happening. But sometimes you just got to lay low when somebody else has it, when someone else has the scoop. So, well, and, uh, and, and Sue Williams brings up a great point. We saw it this week again with the Ilya Dragnov thing, where uh, I don't know if you saw this, but a picture got tweeted out of Ilya Dragunov selling a neck injury from the NXT tapings this week. Because they're doing the tapings this week so they can give everybody off for Christmas. So they're doing these NXT tapings. Ridge Holland, the guy who uh, suplexed Big E uh, and broke his neck, was on NXT and did something to Ilya Dragunov or whatever. And they had they took him out on a stretcher and he sold his neck. Well, this guy, random, I don't know who it was. It was just some random fan at, at the show says, Ilya Dragunov just broke his neck. Or Ridge Holland just broke Ilya Dragunov's neck or whatever. And then you had, you know, oh, this is ridiculous and the safety of wrestling and how is Ridge Holland allowed to be in the ring again? And people just going off, going crazy, going nuts. And it's like nobody stopped to think, wait a minute. I wonder if and and, and here, follow this train of logic, Joe. I'm wondering if this professional wrestling company maybe, maybe was saying that a wrestler was more hurt than they really were. Or perhaps this wrestler was faking that he was hurt when he, in fact, was not hurt in a professional wrestling ring. And yeah. nobody stopped to think that. Everybody had to shoot off their, oh, prayers for Ilya, prayers up for Ilya, hope everything is okay, and then start the, how is Ridge Holland allowed back in the ring after he did, you know, oh, so f- he did this to Big E, how would they let him in the ring again? This is absolutely irresponsible, and da 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 Instead of just, you don't have to be current, just be right, just calm down a little bit, let's think. And then it came out, it was a work, and they're just selling an injury. And it's like, now you all look like absolute buffoons, but like you said, those people can just delete that or just say, oh, I didn't know. But then if they're right, they get a lot of backpats oh, and all no. this sort of stuff. And it's all just about clout and, and, and likes and kill me. I hate this all. 
And now Ridge Holland got dragged through the mud for no reason whatsoever, too. You know, there's that part of it. Well, in another so, era, uh, he would just own that. You know what I mean? He would just come on and be like, God damn right, I broke his neck and I'll break yeah. it again or whatever. But we can't do that because that would be really bad. And we tisk tisk him and, right. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So he would he would be the neck breaker, Rich Holland. That would be his gimmick. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, the crippler Chris Benoit. A... You know what I mean? Drops everyone right. on his neck That's and goes, it. Fuck it, I'm the crippler now. Great, let's do it. Let's let's run with it. But uh right. yeah, I can't yeah, do that with know. uh Rich Holland. I don't think you're gonna call him the crippler Rich Holland anytime soon, but uh I mean you should be able to, in all honesty. But you know, but nobody can uh, handle that. Not in today's wrestling, man. People can't handle it. People, people absolutely yeah. can't handle it. They can't. Ilya Dragunov was selling a neck injury, and everyone's like, oh, so soon after Big E's injury. It's like, all right, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. Your wrestling sucks, all right? Just come on. Can we Can we have some – can we try to suspend well, our disbelief and just have actual things? I mean, Jesus Christ, there was da- the, the, the Brian Danielson thing. Remember it was leg? Mm-hmm. Got got hurt and yeah. stuck in the apron. Between whatever, the everybody was like, in the apron, yeah. Everybody was going nuts. Everybody about wanted that. they wanted to, they wanted to shut AEW down because <laughs> right. the stage was unsafe. You know, and, and it all and, and it turned out he was just fucking with everybody. It's Brian you know? Danielson. Just, he does nothing yeah. more than to invent an injury and then focus his entire work on it. AK his eye that's happening right now. <laughs> and they're having matches. Well, that's guys a whole. Are, well, that's a whole. That's a whole separate Twitter issue where, as you know, everybody has to be the most virtuous person possible. Like you, you have to be uh, the most caring and the most virtuous person. And it's a race to be the most virtuous. So when something like that happens, well, all right, this guy got his leg stuck between the apron and the ring. I'm going to have to find a way to. <laughs> it's to, so to, ridiculous. To, to, to sh- yeah, I have to find a way to show how virtuous I am and, and, and I have to blame someone for it. And I have to have some over the top opinion. Like, uh, yeah, AEW should be shut down because they don't know how to keep people safe. So, you know, there's that whole thing, you know, and there's the there's the uh, there's the safety trolls and the and the, uh, you know, and, the, and there, there's that whole thing, too. Every time someone gets hurt in the enemy company, then uh, the concern trolls come out with the safety stuff. And my God, this this is why you just got to leave that app behind. You know, you just it's it's they, there's just so many layers to this nonsense. And um I, I'm embarrassed that we were a part of it for as long as we were. I really am. <laughs> we were, yeah. you know, thinking back, it's humiliating, honestly. Um, yeah, the hours wasted that I will yeah. never get back on my deathbed. I will oh, think about God. those hours all oh, the time. Yeah, so many hours, so many hours. It's uh, so many times where I turned to one of the children and was like, "In a minute, I'll give you lunch." <laughs> right. I'm, I'm arguing and I have to win this argument. Right. You know, and, Surely uh, this man will apologize to me for his wrong opinion. It's just going to take another hour of arguing. And then surely he'll say, ah, I'm sorry. You are right. I was wrong. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Daddy, I'm hungry. Well, if you're hungry now, you'll be hungry in 10 minutes when I'm right. done with this argument. Right. You know, it's <laughs> just awful, awful, awful behavior. Um, yeah. They, they're, listen, it's uh, but like you just said a couple minutes ago, too. Um, there's a lot of, I watched a lot of wrestling this week and not much of it was good. I, I can tell you that right now. I, I just, I, I, I don't, I can't think of a week where I watched as much wrestling as this week. And, um, man, I, I didn't come away very, uh, sports entertained, um, watching much of it. I, I, I can tell you that. And we're, uh, we're going to review most of it. But uh, you blew a lot of it off. You're smarter than me. Yeah. You're no, like, you were like, oh, and we're going to do MLW and Impact. And I was like, no, we're not. You can. I am not watching One Shot, and I am not watching Final Resolution. I, I looked at I looked at the cage match for Final Resolution, saw the match ratings, and said, I'm good. And then MLW, I 
that that one shot show looked absolutely horrific. So I I, I also bowed out on that one. But uh, I got to tell you, the best match I saw this week was on one shot. Okay, all right, little teaser. Let let's let's hold that. that. Hold let's on. hold let that. Me, yeah. Let me scroll. Let me scroll through these. Yeah, shows nothing. On, nothing on dynamite. When, um, when does the weekend? What is your weekend? Oh, no, hold on. Oh, 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 I don't know if we're counting. I'm talking about the shows we're reviewing here today. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. 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 So let's see. But I tell you what. You know what? Let's throw in dynamite. I still say the best match I saw this week was on one shot. And collision would be the last week, right? Like your week would be what? what, what, I'm talking starting Monday. Monday. Monday, Okay. The the stuff I watched since Monday. Okay. Stuff I watched since Monday. I watched Collision over the weekend. Um. So let's see. Nothing on deadline better. <laughs> What's I hate to interrupt you. I hate to interrupt, but uh Nathan in the note of chat room, just <laughs> the perfect encapsulation of Twitter and why it's so terrible. <laughs> Did you see what I'm seeing right now? No, I I no, I it's I so be, great. Uh, it's the per it's just it it nails it exactly. It's us talking about tweeting and how it's just a waste of time. Nathan says, I stopped doing that after I fought with Val Venus about FEMA camps. <laughs> it's exactly well, there you go. That's yeah. it. That's the essence I mean, right there. Nathan staying up all hours of the night. To argue with Sean Morley, aka Val Venus, about FEMA camps. You know, that's it. What well, don't do yeah. this. Nobody needs to do this. Leave. We all did it. Yeah. But we're all we should all be smart enough to now realize that we don't need it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the so, great. Uh, I'm thinking, let's see. Deadline, New Japan World Tag Finals, Impact on. Final Resolution. Um there's some contenders on dynamite, but I still say the best match I saw this week was on MLW one shot. I'm sticking to that. There it is. There it is. Did you, did you watch the uh, Tokyo Joshi pro 10 man that I uh, recommended last week? I, uh, I did not. Oh, I did damn not. it. I show. To, Everybody I wanted to, to hear the, there was, a lot, there was a lot to watch. 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 Lot to watch. I didn't get you, to it. you did some Eddie Gilbert thing that we'll talk about later, I guess. So that, that maybe took a little bit of time too. So, a lot of time, um, so much time. I'm so behind on everything because of that, but I'm proud of it, and I'm glad that I put the the, the final touches on it. But but uh, something had to fall to the wayside, and unfortunately, I, the uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, ten person tag yeah, did. Fuck so. that shit. That's absolutely <laughs> what fell to the wayside. There, there's no doubt about it that that's what fell. I will I will get to it. I am going to watch ah, it at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, at this point. Like I guess for your yeah, December notebook review, you you should you should give it give it a look. Give I have to them. watch it. I have to watch the fucking match. I you know it's it's. Um, yeah, something's got to change though. I can't, I can't keep up this pace. It's just, I can't, something's got to change. What, what, what am I? Owen Hart, but some, something has to yeah, change. Enough I, is I, enough. I and, and, and yeah. yeah. And uh, something's got to change. I can't keep the pace, but, um, I'll get to it. I maybe by next week, we'll see, which by the way, can't be on Thursday because the Rams are playing the saints and we're in a playoff chase here. Oh so, boy. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. That's good. That's, good to know now. Let's see. I think that, uh... that's got to be moved around, all right. you know, so. We gotta do this show on fucking Wednesday or Friday or some shit. But um why don't you just call out of that dopey job? We'll just do it Thursday afternoon. Why don't you just do that? <laughs> I could. I could. Ready yet? Why don't you march in that office and be like, I'm out of here. Take this job and shove it. Yeah? Why don't you just pull that? Uh one? waiting for the Christmas bonus. We'll see what the Christmas bonus comes with. And All then right. uh, then we'll decide. That should there be coming go. next week. So <laughs> I don't want it to be a bad time to leave. I should at least wait for that to come in and then cash that old check and then and then decide from there. So they won't give you your Christmas bonus if you leave now. Uh, I think they'll. I think jack they would. You I think they would withhold that. I think oh. they would withhold it. Yeah. That's that's some dirty business well, by uh, a company that shall not be named. That's not, <laughs> you don't get ahead with good. that. Been, been a business 
35, 40 years. That's how you do it. Stuff like that. So uh, anyway. That's an Ebenezer Scrooge shit. Like, <laughs> it kind yeah. of is. It kind of is. But uh, No Christmas bonus for you. you, you it like, is a uh, bonus, to be fair. You know, it's not It's not really, you know. Who's who's the, what's, what's that guy's name in, in uh, what's who's Scrooge's employee with, where his kid is, is the cripple? Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tiny what's his Tim. Name? Hoskins? Hoskins or I don't something? know if what's I know what Tiny name? Tim's dad's name was. Nah, yeah, Cratchit. Was it Cratchit? Bob, Bob Cratchit. Cratchit. Bob, that, you're right. There it is. Bob Cratchit. Yes, yes, yes. Bob Cratchit. So you're like Bob Cratchit in this scenario, right? You're yeah. Like, you're like, you're afraid to quit because. Uh, Abused, you know, grossly underpaid, yeah. hands bleeding from the <laughs> desk work. Ebenezer, <laughs> right. Ebenezer weight bench over there is not going to give you the Christmas bonus if you, uh, <laughs> right. if, if you leave a week early and. And Tiny Tim in this scenario is one of those Italian dogs you got over there, Dominic or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Louis. So Louis. Louis. He's yeah. French. So Louis, like uh, Louis Dangor. You know, he's he's got Louis with the <laughs> what Louis? That's, that's the Louis you choose. Well, what other you Louis? Choose you got? Louis Dangor. I I mean, I have to be honest. If 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 you say Louis, I'd probably that'd probably be the first exactly Louis. I think right. Was the first Louis that comes to your mind? Louis Dangor. Yeah. <laughs> This one would also probably fuck a pizza if given the option to do so. So, you know, hey, happens. happens, happens. Uh, Anyway, anyway, anyway. uh, WBD and WWE. uh, Let's get this thing back on track as quick as possible. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like my my, my stance on the story is right now, like some people are freaking out and this is the end of AEW and it's all over and Tony Khan should just tell everybody to pack things up and and call it a day. That's ridiculous. Uh, But it's, you know, I, I think... Everyone's doing their due diligence here. I think Warner Brothers is it should talk to WWE. WWE should talk to Warner Brothers Discovery. AEW should explore all their options as well. That's what negotiating is. That's what a billion dollar industry is. Like th- this, so like I don't see it as the big doom and gloom that everybody else sees. I see it as you know everyone's looking at their options. And I think with live t- TV sports being as valuable as they are and, and and still a hot commodity, that if for whatever reason WBD did decide to go with WWE or whatever, I, I think AEW would find another partner if they wanted to. And then, like, you know, there's the weird scenario that people bring up that, hey, would you have both these guys on the same network and under the same uh, – and I wouldn't do that. And uh, uh, we're, we're going nine steps ahead. Like, you know, all these guys, they're negotiating right now. They're talking. And that's what you should do. That's what WWE should do. That's what Warner Brothers should do. Anything beyond that is is just – either doom and glooming or just wild speculation at that point. They're doing what they're supposed to do, negotiate with people. Who knows what, what, what it's going to be? It's either going to be a massive, massive story or it's going to be they're trying to drive prices down, drive prices up. You know, the, WWE could be using this to go to another network and say, hey, we talked to WBD. WBD could go to AEW and say, hey, well, we're talking to WWE. It's all what this negotiating tactic is. That's all it is. So I'm not too worried about it. I think it's just kind of business as usual for the most part. Yeah, I mean... um, you know, obviously, you know, if you if you want to discuss the story itself, it's very wise of WWE to try to negotiate with WBD. Why wouldn't they attempt to go, especially if Punk is a strong negotiating chip, like a lot of people are saying, you absolutely have to get in the room with them and try. I mean, you're trying to sell a show here and, um, you know, and, and the more potential buyers you have, you know, the higher you're going to drive that price up. And. Oh, by the way, if if you have a chance to uh, fuck with a competitor at the same time, then yeah, that's just a nice little bonus, you know. But I think that with the numbers that Dynamite pulls, um, you know, I I don't think 
you know, some of the more reactionary stuff, like it will spell the end for AEW. I don't see it. I, I don't see with the with the numbers that Dynamite pulls that they can't find a home somewhere. You know, so, and I've said that from the start. Whether it's Warner Brothers Discovery or, or elsewhere, I think that that they would find another television home because the numbers are just too good. And you know, there's far weaker properties than AEW that are that are getting renewals on their on their rights fees in this latest round. So. Um, like that women's soccer league that we talked about a few weeks ago and 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 some other things. So, uh, you know, like the, the the minor league version of the F1 circuit that's on the CW. I mean, they would find a place to air, you know. So from that standpoint, now, would they get the same caliber of deal? You know, I don't know. You know, it depends, you know, what's left in the landscape and where there's left, what's left to, who's left to negotiate with. And look, it's not good. It's not good for AEW that WWE is negotiating with their broadcast partner. And, you know, Tony Khan at the end of the day might end up getting burned for his loyalty, you know, and he's been very loyal to them in hopes that they would be loyal to him. And then we'll see how that plays out. I mean, there's that story that he could have had ROH on CW, but opted not to because he wanted to be loyal. Well, sometimes you learn the hard way. You know, it's, it's hard business out there. You know, so yeah, it's real business. This uh, is this is it's, it's a cutthroat business of assholes and liars and and big money deals and billion dollars and all this stuff moving around. Like, yeah, you, you don't know anybody's shit. You know, WBD doesn't know AEW shit. AEW doesn't know them shit. You know, WWE doesn't know anybody. You know, they, they're allowed to negotiate with WBD, and even if they ultimately want to go to USA, it makes sense to get in the room with as many people as possible and say, well, hey, we got this deal from Amazon and this deal from WBD and this deal from this or whatever. Like that, that's what it's all about. And someone's going to pony up a bunch of money for WWE, and then whoever doesn't, if they still want professional wrestling or live sports, there's AEW for you. If if it happens to be WBD or whatever, so. um yeah, it, it, to me, right, it's I, all. Yeah, I, I see. I see the chat. Okay, so it's not minor league F one. It's minor league NASCAR. Yes, it's yes, on CW. I just didn't want people to get all. You know, they're 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 pennies it, in a bunch. What's the show. minor? What, what's the minor league F one? F two? F two. It is. Yeah. It's what it's oh called. wait, a real? Uh, that yeah, was a yeah, joke. Yeah, it really yeah, is. No, it's F2? F2. Okay. Yeah. But but didn't F two just sign a deal somewhere too? Uh, that I, I don't know. That, that, that I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, but anyway, the point here is. You know, when shit like that is finding a home, there's no reason that AEW right can't live find sports. Home. So, you know, yeah. maybe money wise, there's been those. You know, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago where where people signed deals. Uh, Raw Raw signed a deal, or, or, or SmackDown, I should say, signed a deal that wasn't as much as people anticipated. It's still a shit ton of money getting moved around. It's maybe not as much as it was a couple of years ago, but it still is big time money and live. Sports is the last bastion for cable TV. There is nothing else on cable TV that is drawing any amount of consistent viewers, non-DVR viewers, viewers of all age groups. The only thing left is live sports. And wrestling will count under live sports to a lot of these networks. And and and, and yeah, it's, you know, lost in the WWE. You know, the WWE stuff with Fox kind of fell apart because Fox wasn't getting ad rates that they felt comfortable enough with. They weren't getting enough ratings or whatever. But they were also paying them a billion dollars and giving them network television or whatever. You know what I mean? there was That's big expectations that Fox had for, for them. But, you know, you put most other kind of cable networks, be it USA, FS1, all these other ones are, are more than happy to pony up some pretty big money to get a guaranteed, you know, guaranteed decent enough ratings like you said for minor league soccer for nba for mlb for 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 the xfinity series and all all this stuff is it, it's all still tremendously valuable because there's just nothing else left on cable that draws any amount of consistent viewers so yeah you'll pay for it for sure it's it's and we'll wrap it up with this wwe continues to be in in so many ways the luckiest company in the history of the earth because 
this CM Punk AEW relationship was going to fall apart at some point post brawl out. And if Jack Perry doesn't make his little quip about the real glass in Wembley, it probably takes a little longer to fall apart, right? Like he might still be there now or something may have happened, you know, a little bit later, but eventually it was all going to, we, it was a house of cards that was going to come down at some point, but the timing of when they finally had the fire CM Punk, right. Allowed him to come back to the WWE in time for survivor series and for the Royal rumble and for WrestleMania and for the television negotiations. Right. And you watch how this plays out because CM Punk is in that honeymoon period that he was in with W with AEW for the first year until brawl out really, or before that, when things started simmering, you get the idea and he's down at the PC taking pictures with everybody and he's looking (laughs) healthy and he's, you know, doing promos on all the shows and he's, and he's helping them get into the room with new networks for negotiations. And he's probably going to help them score uh, a television deal for Monday night raw. And this is all going to happen. And he's, and he's going to, and he's going to, you know, uh, help them have a successful Royal rumble in WrestleMania. And then eventually punk is going to do what punk does. And he's going to, you know, get into a fist fight with somebody or get into a disagreement with the wrong person or things are going to go sour, but it's all going to be after WWE got everything they needed out of him. It's just amazing how lucky they always are. If Jack Perry doesn't make that quip, Punk is moping around AEW for another three months, six months, year, right? And then the timing is all off when he melts down and gets fired. And he probably still ends up with WWE, but not with this perfect chain of events where he can just, you know, help them sail this fucking ship home with the raw deal. Isn't it amazing it's how lucky always they happens. are? All always of the happens. time. Yep. They are so fucking lucky, you know? And um I just want to live long enough to watch them take the big L. That's all. Can that happen? I want to live long enough to watch that company <laughs> Joe, take the big I, L. I don't think I, so. Because they're, they're just, Vince McMahon got outed as, a, as 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 creating an atmosphere of rampant sexual abuse among the alleged rampant sexual abuse among uh, the leadership of the company, himself included. Uh, and all that happened is he left and then the ratings exploded and their business exploded. So. Um, right, and people right. just ignore it and don't ask any questions about no, it. No, and just well, move well, on. Then yeah. he came, well, he came back and nobody cared. <laughs> right. So, so you know, that was like... the L. That was it, Joe. That was the moment where we thought yeah. we had it and we're not. So I think you should just don't hang on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait if, 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 right. If, right. if, you know, if the pearly gates come calling, this doesn't... just run to the gates, Joe, because there's no point in waiting. It's not going to happen. It sounds like you want me. This, I don't like your tone. Well, I'm sir. just saying. I'm like just saying. You like, you know, don't, don't I... hold on. It's Because I, I just don't think it's going to well, be I worth it. I want to hold on. I want to hold on. Okay. Well, I, I don't hold, hold on, on for that reason. Hold on for other reasons. Hold on for your children. Hold on. Die. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying don't hold on. If you're if you're waiting for WWE to take the L, then uh, I, I feel like we're going to be waiting our entire lives. Because this that was it. I want to live, Rich. I know. No, I know. I know. So stop telling me not to hold on. I want to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I want to go into the fucking chamber, the hyperbolic fucking, what do you call it? Thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That should probably be. Oh, they should Cryogenic. have that. They should have that nice and rocking by the time you're, uh, yeah, 20, 30 you years. That should be nice and rocking for sure. 20, 30. Jeez, why are you in such a rush to kill me? <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I mean, like, the I technology would be ready to go by that point. I, I'm not saying you have to get in the chamber in 20 years. I'm just saying I feel like in 20, 30 years, that technology will have have fully arrived, and you'll be good to go. Do you know who wanted to do that? Larry King. 
and then his uh his family talked him out of it. Yeah. Which was he trying he was trying to do the Ted Williams thing, right? The freeze. That's what I just said. Yeah, a crowd. Well, no, the, the I, okay. So you want to be you want? I, I'm saying that there's something that will probably be you can just like go into a tube and just like sus- be suspended in water or something. Right. The, the idea is till they can figure out how to cure what's killing you. Right. 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 What, what killed you? You know. Um, isn't Ted Williams' head? In yeah, one he, of those just things? his head's in there. Yeah, which I don't know. That just that seems head, that seems a little that's wild a little weird. Because yeah, now you need also my... you need to be able to put someone's head into another body. Like it's not enough that they're like, hey, we cured right. what happened. We can unfreeze you. Fuck, we don't know how to put you back together. We we got a head here. We're good. Uh, we don't right. know how to attach it to another body again. So yeah, we can't fully get this. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do it, do it all the way. Go the whole body. Wasn't there some issue too where the facility that was holding his head had a power outage? Yeah, and like yeah. Frost it a little, yeah. and then they had to refreeze it, and he's fucked. Like he's just fucked. Yeah. Um. You know that's that's that doesn't sound like a good situation for. Uh, for Ted Williams. What about this uh technology that they they're coming up with where they can uh download your uh uh not what's the word I'm looking for? Not your mind, not your brain, your uh your your they can basically download your your personality or your the words escaping me. And then you can live on like through a computer. Mm. Like because your your entire personality and all your memories and everything, but now you're just like you're a computer chip. I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, is that really you? Am I going to be, am I going to consciously know that that's me? Or is it just going to be all of my thoughts, memories, and personalities duplicated? Because that's not really you then. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're that, still that's dead. That's not there. That's like, not. you're still dead. Well, and it runs into a lot of the issues that the AI runs into. Yeah, let's get big picture. Let's talk big stuff here, Joe, where, where you know, it's, it's also that whatever you're, at that time, whatever you're thinking at that time, whatever's in your memory at that time gets loaded in, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't adapt. It doesn't move. It doesn't learn. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's frozen and it's stuck. So it's not you and it's not a real human being. You know what I mean? It might have, that's what I mean. Is it, is it truly, is it truly your consciousness as in it's you, or is it a duplicate of your consciousness? It's just a duplicate of what your consciousness was up to that point And then nothing after. Yeah. Which doesn't, that doesn't count. That, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't count you. Cause you're not then you, you do not exist anymore. Anyway, it's just a duplicate of you exist. It's like if they clone you, and you die and your clone lives on, you're still dead. It's just your clone that's still alive. Yes. You see? And that's not suitable to me. I want to live on. <laughs> you want you in all so, in all the glory. Yeah. What was the fucking magician gimmick with the guy who played Wolverine and uh, Christian Bale? The fuck was the name of that movie? That's a perfect example where he kept killing versions of himself because he wanted to do the great magic trick. What the fuck was the name of that shit? The chat, the chat is so great. Having this chat is incredible. <laughs> you could be wrong they and then just... just wait a couple minutes and you'll get it right. Yeah. Uh, I don't here. I'm going to go to, hold on. I'm going to Yahoo to Google. Yeah, please Yahoo, do. Yeah. Google, um, magician movie. Prestige. Prestige. The guy who played the prestige. Wolverine. <laughs> I'm Googling this just like your dad would. The prestige movie with the guy who played Wolverine and the guy who played the Batman. And, the, and let's see if that works. Okay. Who played the Batman. Let's see if that a- actually produces a result. I wrote magician movie with the guy who played Wolverine and the guy who played the Batman. And it brings up the prestige. Google is amazing, Rich. Unbelievable. It is amazing. But yes, in the prestige, they're trying to out. Did you see that movie? Uh, you know, I had never had so, never did. They're they're like dueling magicians, right? And they're trying to out duel each other's tricks. 
It's like from the Victorian era. I hope that's the right era. And, you know, and uh, so they're so determined that like Jackman is close. He finds out a way to clone himself. And then in the trick, he's killing like himself, but then his clone is living on. You see what I'm saying? But it's not really him. It's just a series of clones. Like he's dead. Like he keeps dying. That's not what I want. I want the real deal Joe Lanza to live on until the sun burns out and then figure out a way to live on from there as well. You know, that makes, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Cause it, 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 it's just not the same. Yeah. And, and you could throw this, you know, unfrozen Ted Williams head on a body. It ain't Ted Williams. You know what I yeah. mean? Eh, it's yeah. not going to be Ted Williams. That's not, it's not going to be, well, well, if splendid it's his head, splinter. It's not that, you know what I mean? It's not Ted. Williams. Well, 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 see, I don't know if it, if they can get his head on another body. No, the body it can't. It's his, no. Well, it's just still his brain and his consciousness, though. Yeah, but I think the, the body's got to be. You can tell your. Well, I can no. tell my body to do all these sort of things that I want it to do. If it can't do it, it can't do it. I I tell myself I want to dunk all the time. I can't fucking dunk. You know what I mean? Like my body. No, no, no is look, a... I, his new his new body isn't going to be able to to hit four to hit four twenty. But it his if 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 they're able, what to is this his podcast? brain and his consciousness? That will be him, right? That like he'll know, like he'll be like, "Oh, how long have I been frozen?" Like he'll be aware that it's him, that it's him. You see what I'm saying? I got. We don't know. I like, guess we'll find out. I guess yeah, we'll find. We'll, we'll shake it off and be like, "What the heck? <laughs> What's going on here?" I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. No, I think it would be because it's still his brain and his head and his con- and your consciousness is presumably in your brain, right? So, I I think that that's the best option anyone has come up if you know obviously none of this shit works i i don't, I don't think you could just freeze ahead and fucking thaw it out in, in 140 years and but but if it, if it were to work i think that would be more truly living forever than downloading your consciousness onto a hard drive yeah no, that, that, that's I don't shit think that's anymore. bullshit yeah that's dumb yeah that that that's that's some garbage yeah i, I that i don't you know, I guess it's better than nothing. But then what happens if someone like unplugs the fucking computer? Like power outage, a power outage, like happen at uh <laughs> with a hard drive gets someone someone comes over with a magnet and just fucks with the hard drive. Yeah, it's you know, over. Then, then what? Yeah, you're done. That that then it's all over, you know? So I, I'm not down with the de- with the hard drive consciousness. That I don't like. Well, there you go. I got Joe and his uh, existential <laughs> crisis discussion, which I should not have done, and that's my fault. But uh, here we are. I don't know how we got from David Zaslav to this, but uh, here we go. So uh, that's that is uh, WBD and WWE uh, them talking. So you know, we, we talked about Punk. We mentioned CM Punk. Let, let's check in with old uh, old Phil Brooks in uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. We're a few weeks in now. Uh, he's been back for a few weeks. We had that weird intro promo on Raw that we talked about. Uh, the night after Survivor Series, that was kind of like, uh, this guy doesn't have his fastball. He's not quite there. What have you thought of CM Punk since that point? I, I, you know, he's been on pretty much every show. He's been on NXT. He's been on SmackDown. He's been on Raw again. He was on an NXT deadline. He's been all over the place since then. Uh, what have you made of Punk's, you know, so far? Before we get to the let's save the NXT thing with Shawn Michaels for the NXT thing with Shawn Michaels. But before that, like everything else that he's done so far, how, how have you felt about him after that raw promo, which we I think we agree and most people agree, just was not was not right. It did not feel like a good no, CM raw, Punk promo yeah, at all. Raw, it, it just it was all wrong. It was all wrong. The raw promo sucked. Um, it felt like his heart wasn't in it. I thought the SmackDown promo was great. I you know um, I I thought 
It was much better than the raw promo. There was some light behind his eyes. It felt like he wanted to be there. It felt like he was um, energized and into it. Unlike the raw promo. Is it because he knew he got his time cut on raw? Well, he made sure he shoehorned that into the SmackDown promo to let everybody know that his time was cut on raw. Um, You know, and I, I thought that the SmackDown promo um, laid out all of the future business. He made it clear. He wants to headline WrestleMania. He made it clear. He wants to go into the Royal rumble. He set up some potential feuds with about a half a dozen different people. And he made it clear that he was going to show up on Raw and make his decision for what brand he was going to sign with. So from a storyline standpoint, the SmackDown promo was also much. The Raw promo was just I, I, a total dud. Um, so I thought that worked. If you saw the quarter hours for SmackDown, I mean, it's very clear at to this point, he's still a massive television draw. Or for Raw, rather, he's still a massive television draw. Um because his his raw oh, that chart just, that fucking chart was insane. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it just spiked through the fucking roof um, above and beyond the rest of the show. And don't think for one second. Look, they knew there were two Monday Night Football games, so they strategically planned having Punk go back to Raw to make the big brand decision on the night that there were two Monday Night Football games. They, that, that was deliberate. And the raw number overall, the overall average was down because of the two football games. And really, it was three broadcasts because there was a Manning cast that night as well. But his quarter was so above and beyond everything else on the show. It's very clear that what happened was they lost a lot of viewers to the two football games. But every but a lot of those viewers came back for to, to, they left the football to watch Punk segment. So, I mean, that's a huge feather in his cap from that standpoint. Um, so we see how long now they, they've added him to a couple house shows, the MSG house show. And since they've added him to the MSG house show two days ago, they've sold over a thousand tickets. So say what you want about punk. He's still a business mover. He's still a business mover. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to say something else too. The fact he's working with Dom, that's not a coincidence. I guarantee you. He asked for that. I guarantee you. I don't remember. Did I ever say it on the show? I know I said it on the discord many times. I know I've said it in some uh, group chats or whatever, but I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show. Even when he was with AEW, he wanted to work with Dom. He was telling people he wanted to work with Dom. This guy loves Dom. Like he sees Dom. And someone said to him, why do you want to work with Dom? Dom sucks. And I'm paraphrasing the conversation, but, and Punk's reaction was, I know he sucks. That's the point. That's why I want to work. That's what makes Dom awesome. What makes Dom awesome is that he sucks. So like he has always wanted to work with Dom. So the fact that he's booked with Dom on these two house shows, I think it's MSG for sure. I don't know what the other one is. Kia, Kia Forum, Los Angeles. That that's the big yeah, one that they're I mean, going to invite TV, uh, all the TV execs to as well. That's right. You just mentioned that. Yeah, that's. I guarantee you, he asked for for Dom specifically. He's been chomping at the bit to work with Dom. Um. So you know, and it's it's funny how they're going to burn off his first match in nine years on a house show because I think the MSG show is the first match he's going to work in nine years. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. That's an interesting route that they're taking because here's the thing. And I think it's smart because you can sell that MSG match as the first match he's going to work in nine years, but you can still sell his first TV match in nine years. You can still sell his first pay-per-view match in nine years. But if you do it in reverse and have him wrestle on TV first, you lose. That's it. It's, it's over. There's no luster. There's no, there's nothing special about, CM Punk's first house show in right, nine right, years. That's right. Not if, he, if he wrestled on Raw so, this week in some random match, you then can't sell those January you know thirtieth MSG show or whatever or the uh, December thirtieth uh, Los Angeles show and say, "Hey, come see CM Punk 
uh, in Los Angeles for the first time since you know it, it, right. it's it comes across. You're absolutely right. It, it's it's way better to do start with the house shows, have them do those tours there first time to see Punk in, in nine years or whatever, and then work through pay per views and TV and that sort of stuff afterwards. Correct. Yeah, because there's still going to be interest in the first TV match. There's still going to be interest in the first pay per view match. So they're doing all of that in the correct order. You know, there's no doubt about that. So from that standpoint, his run. We'll get to the M- the NXT thing. I really want to. I know we have to wait, but I really, really. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll transition right into that at the end. Let's 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 save that for the end and go right to NXT okay, deadline with that because that's it's what we'll do. But yeah, to this point, I mean, you can't. The guy's been just like you know, not to the level, not to the same level of the AEW return because that's a whole different deal. But just but similar to that return, you, you can't knock the the return to this point from a business standpoint. It's worked. It has drawn so. Uh, we see how long it draws, and I still think you know they've they've obviously started the Seth Rollins feud. That all screamed work to me from the start when the way Rollins oh, reacted to the Survivor yeah. Series, and I I get the idea Drew McIntyre is working too. I I I know a lot of people want to believe you know his comments on the bump and but him storming out at the Survivor Series, you know, on the same night that Rollins acted the way he did. And then the comments he made on the bump, I, I don't know. I, I think all of this is a work. So I, I think that the idea is we're going to play this as if everyone on our roster who's been here and knows Punk and worked with him the first time don't want him here. And that's going to be the impetus for these for these programs. So I could be wrong. I mean, we were right about Seth. But the Seth one, I think, was pretty obvious. I, I, I'm leaning work on Drew. I don't know where you stand. I, I am too. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. It, it's just a little too on the nose. And and you said it right there. His comments on the bump is enough for me to say, yeah, okay, I think we're working here. You know what I mean? I, I that 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 gives me enough uh, to to think that we're probably uh, doing that. And and yeah, the, the punk stuff has been. I think the thing with me is he's clearly so far in a way better than everybody else in that company right now at cutting promos. And and we knew that. You know what I mean? Like, we knew that. That was obviously. But it's like even him doing WWE Universe and PL, you know, doing all the, the, the stuff that he has to do to be a WWE promo guy, it's still a thousand times better than everybody else. on the Because uh, he still speaks like a human being more, even when he's trying to do the, you know, the, the, the stuff that you need to do or whatever. But what I, and I talked about this on the Discord with some people, and it's kind of my thought that I've had so far with the punk thing is he's very, we talked about that raw promo not being authentic punk. It was something was weird. The fire wasn't behind the eyes. He was whatever. He's authentic again, but I think now he's authentically inauthentic, if that makes sense. Where I believe that he is, he's got his, you said his fastball, whatever you want to call it, like, he feels like he's back on track a little bit. He feels like he's 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 enjoying where he's working right now. That raw promo, I wasn't sure. That raw promo, I, it felt like he came out there and was like, "Oh, I've made a grave mistake. I shouldn't have done this." I don't think he thinks that anymore. I think he's jumped in the deep end. He's all in. He's he's all about it. But I can't help but think that he's either it's it's one of two things. He's either working, and this is all the big story for him to then become a hated heel that we've talked about from the beginning. Is probably the money is him being the hated heel that all the people in WWE say, "Fuck this guy. We don't want this guy around anymore." And he's playing Mister Nice Guy and helping everybody out and shaking every hand and kissing all the babies and taking all the selfies and doing all that sort of stuff. And it's all just going to lead to him, you know, saying, "Fuck all this. Screw all you." You know, all the, all this sort of stuff. That feels like what the what it's going to be. But I also do wonder if he's also come to the realization that look. 
I have nothing left. This is it. So I better be a nice guy, a good soldier, be all happy-go-lucky, do all the things I'm supposed to do because this is my only path forward. There's nothing else for me in this business if I don't act up, act right. And I do wonder if there's a little bit of that. And that will be and, – and you can be that way. I know that's not the true CM Punk. I know that's probably not what the guy is going to be, but maybe that's what he is now. Maybe that's – deep down he's had to swallow his pride and say, you know what, this is it for me, so – Fuck it. I'll go out and talk about the WWE universe and take selfies with Shawn Michaels. Fine. Whatever. Because I got nothing else in this business, so I might as well do it. So I'm, I'm of one of two thoughts. He's either done that and swallowed his pride and said, fuck it. This is all I have left. Or this is a long play for him to eventually drop the Mr. Nice Guy act and just become a total asshole in character and maybe let out the real CM Punk that we know is in there deep down. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And there's also the idea, too, that... Well, that first thing that I'm talking about, the the asshole that that rants on the company and all that sort of stuff, is that going to work for this fan base right now? And 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 I'm still undecided on that because there's times where Punk comes out there and it's like these fans get it, these fans know it, they know who he is, they know all this sort of stuff. But then you go to the SmackDown promo that you talked about, which is a really really good promo, and he made a, a reference about punching your coworkers. Nobody reacted. Nobody said a thing. And I know that that was at an army base or whatever, so people could say, oh, well, those people don't know or whatever. You know, he every one of his little like backstage quips, his little you know wink wink nudge nudge lines that he's had, none of them have gotten over. Not one has gotten over the NXT one about him and Shawn Michaels, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and, the, and his Hitman jacket didn't get over. His fighting guys backstage thing didn't get over. His you know he did his Nashville Predators, I'm a Blackhawks fan thing didn't get over. Like I just don't know if he is gonna connect with the fan base the way that he wants to connect with the fan base and the way that they want this story to connect with them because they're clearly telling the Seth is the WWE defender, CM Punk's the outsider, but I don't know that fans care that much about that. And if they do, they're going to side with Seth Rollins 100% of the time so that you're going to have to then kind of pivot the CM Punk away from the happy-go-lucky, I'm just happy to be here guy into a little bit more of an edgier, you know, asshole sort of character or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. What, what do you lean to? Do you lean that this is all part of this character, or do you think that he's just seen the end of the line and says, fuck it, I got to be a good soldier now because there's nothing else for me to do? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, this company sucks is going to get you heat with those fans now because they like the company. You know, whereas years ago... That was a way to get cheered. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that um, I just think the guy's full of shit, you know, and I think that right now he's happy to be there. And, I, I, you know, I think there's an I think there's an element of this is kind of my last stand. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't write off him going back to EW. I don't know. Like, obviously not next week. Not next year. Um, this is pro wrestling. 
you know, if time and business can heal a lot of wounds in pro wrestling, and you don't know what pro wrestling is going to look like in two years, let alone five years. Right. And I don't think it's impossible that he would, but, but the, the, the thing with punk is he's running out of years. He's right. 45 years old. And that, that's what I think. I think that's, he's staring down and, and thinking the, the punk that I've seen so far, the authentically inauthentic punk is a guy that's realizing I'm not gonna be able to go much longer and I need to figure out what my next path is going to be. And if I want to still work in this wrestling business, the only business I've ever worked in, I better be Mr. Nice Guy and shake all the hands and kiss all the babies or whatever because that's the only path forward because if I act up or do my normal punk thing and they fire me, that's it. You know what I mean? That That's it. I can maybe walk into this company, that company, or whatever, but I think he's maybe looking at the writing on the wall and saying, you know, having a backstage role in this company wouldn't be the worst thing for you know me, a 50-year-old me. You know, and right. whether that'll work right. out or not, you know, he's quite delusional in a lot of ways. I don't think that would work out. I don't know that. But, like, you know, then, the, you know, he's getting the, the the people to go out there and say that, hey, Sam Punk would love to run NXT at some point. And it's just, to me, it all reads as kind of like you said, he's full of shit, but in a way he's doing it authentically. He, he's, he's, he's doing what that company wants him to do, and I think he's going to be the good little soldier for as long as he can stand it, which for Sam Punk, you know, tends to not be very long. And we'll see if that uh, the eruption great happens. while – everything's great with him while they're rolling out the red carpet and you know, it's, it's the honeymoon phase, but as soon as he gets start, as soon as they start telling him no, and as soon as things don't go the way he wants them to go in programs or whatever, Mm -hmm. or somebody stiffs him or something or somebody, you know, yeah, he is who he is. Or if there's some perceived slight, you know, it's just, we all know how this ends. How many times have you and I had this conversation? (laughs) At least five i think <laughs> you know i mean we know how this ends so um right now it's it's all good and you know and he probably also he's a manipulator and he's a worker and he's a pro wrestler and he probably really does want that wrestlemania main event and he knows if he can keep his nose clean for another three months he's gonna get it so that's probably his goal right now be nice shake hands you know, uh, the people who don't like me in the back, steer clear of them for now. Get that WrestleMania main event under my belt. Then I can throw my weight around a little. Yeah, you know, well, it, so far, all the people that quote-unquote hated him, I mean, he's basically already worked with all of them, right? Like, I mean, Steen was, I guess, Zayn would be the one. Sami Zayn is, is, you know, he's gone with this. But, you know, Steen was doing the thing about, oh, he's not a good, yeah, I don't really want to work with him or whatever, and then he did a backstage segment with him. Seth was publicly, yeah, 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 now he's done something with him. Drew, it remains to be seen about Drew because Drew's kind of out there publicly. It Like, you know, yeah, there's Cody and a few other guys, but, yeah, most of those guys have just kind of said, fuck it, whatever, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I, know, I, Cody's an interesting one because Cody still has loyalty to the Bucks. And that's an interesting one from that standpoint. You know, he still has loyalty to the Bucks and the elite. And, um, or at least we think, or at least he wants to make us think he does. Yes. The perception that he does. Right. And, and, you know, because Cody is going back to AEW someday, you know, will it be a year and a half when his deal is up? Uh, Maybe. Will it be after a second deal? But when you really think about it, What's the biggest jump that can occur now? It's Cody going back to AEW. That would be enormous. Um, And if the timing, if Cody, who's very smart about these things, 
if he's coming up on his three-year deal and he feels like the time and he feels like the timing feels right for that, he'll do it. Unless now here's the caveat. Unless there is some untenable personal issue between him and Tony Khan that both of them refuse to talk about. Because we can't account for that. Right. But if that's not the case and the split really was just business, I I think he'll, I would put the odds at 100% that he'll be back there someday. That's just how these things go. And he knows that's the biggest thing that can happen in wrestling right now is him returning. And if the timing is right for that in a year and a half, and there's not some other personal barrier, I think he'll do it. And, and, you know, his I'm home speech will blow away CM Punk's I'm home speech. I can promise you that. You know, because right, he helped right now. form this company. So, yeah, his It'll I'm be home genuine. is going to be. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. And you do it in Jacksonville. <laughs> you do it in Daly's place. Right. You can picture it. And, you know, it would it would be enormous and it could swing things the way it swing things the first time when he left. And Cody knows that. He holds a lot of the cards here. You know, and, and he's someone who does think two, three steps ahead like that. So, um, you know, I don't even know how I got on that. But, yeah, Punk right now, he probably, it, it's tunnel vision. Let me get that Mania main event. Let me get night one of the four night buy one, get one free extravaganza under my belt. And, you know, if I could survive till then. And I'm sure he's having a shit ton of fun. Look, this is all also turning the screw into Tony Khan. Of course. Right now. That's what this is. That's what a lot of this is. It's a lot of money. It's sticking it to con. If he can get, if if he's even partially responsible for a television deal with WBD and getting enforcing con to switch networks. Oh my God. Is that like the CM Punk fucking wet dream right now? You know? So, you know, from that standpoint, cause it, it not even just con the Bucks, hangman, all of them. He don't like any of them motherfuckers. So, you know, Jack Perry, throw him in the mix. But, you know, it, it, MJF, believe me, that's a little frosty. Those tales will be told someday. <laughs> Today's not that day. You know, so it, it's, you know, that's what he's doing right now. He's turning the screw. I, you know, that's punk. You know, and if he has to be PG punk now to do that, which is what he's become. Ironically enough, he'll do that. He'll play the game. And right now he's playing the game. Right. And he's got to play the game right now. And, and that's and that's exactly my thought on it more. Because I see some people saying, oh, this is all just 4D chess. And yada, yada. I, I just think he's just being the good soldier for right now and just going to do whatever they tell him and be the happy-go-lucky guy and be PG Punk, like you said, and smile and kiss the babies and take the selfies and do all that sort of stuff. Do it, Wear the WWE branded T-shirts in the ring to do his promos and talk about the yeah. WWE universe and talk about the Royal Rumble match and stuff. Like, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's he, again, He's authentically inauthentic now, and that might just be what That's he right. is now, and that might That's just right. be what he is right now. And and you know what? It's he's still at that at, at at punk, completely devoid of any soul or purpose, is still a thousand times better than most other people on that roster, which is pretty telling. You know, it's crazy that um, Cody, who's the biggest worker of them all, okay. Well, he's his it's he's crazy. his dad's son, man. I mean, he grew up in the yeah. he grew up in the. How many guys are still left in this business that grew up in the territories? Now, think about that. I know, I There's know. not many. I know. And he saw his dad bounce from territory to territory whenever it was advantageous to him and got anytime it was a good idea to leave and go somewhere else, he left and went somewhere else. Or his his colleagues left and went somewhere else. His friends, his dad's friends, the people that he talked to in the road got 
Things are getting a little stale here or there. Boom, you go here, you make more money. Boom, you go here, you make more money. Boom, you go here. It always, you always moved. You moved around because that's staying in one place, staying in one territory for 20 years wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't going to make you the most money. It wasn't going to get you the yeah. most over. It was bouncing, leaving, bouncing, leaving, going back, coming back. I mean, Dusty came and went from Florida a thousand times. He came and went from Crockett a thousand times. You know what I mean? That's that's what the game was, and and you were smart to do it. Yeah, but my point here, though, is that... um. Cody, who who who's the biggest worker of them all, it it's it's amazing how he retained more of his the facade of his authenticity when he moved when he jumped and thunked in. Cody's like the same exact guy on screen yeah. that he was in AEW. Nothing has changed. No, the suits. You know what he does? He wears the suits. That's why he doesn't have to wear a Cody Rhodes shirt. You know what I mean? To the ring. Yeah, that wears... that, that is part of it. Yeah. there's no doubt that's part of it. But his presentation, his the way he presents himself, everything it's 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 co it's the same Cody you saw in AW, which is the same Cody you saw in ROH. It's the same guy, and you know he's a worker. Don't get me wrong, Punk. It's like this artificial, slightly off version of Punk in <laughs> right. WWE. We know this isn't really him. You know what I mean? It, it it's it's a it's. Oh, come There's on, a... saying I respect you, Shawn Michaels. Let's take a selfie while he's wearing his Brett the Hitman yeah, Hart hoodie. It... It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> there's a, there's a, it's like a, a, a version of, of, of who, but, you know, and, and, you know, he has to come out in the plain white t shirt and not like his band, his favorite band, or whatever social cause he wants to get backpats for that week. You know, it, it's like he has to no, wear, he has the, to wear the, the, the Hell Froze Over shirt, the WWE yeah. shop. Well, yeah, voices of wrestling.com slash WWE shop branded uh, Hell Froze Over t shirts that he has to come out to the ring every right. time. Now he wears the, the official merch, but, you know, the first appearance was like the, the plain white t shirt. Yes, yes, you know? yes. yes. And, and he clearly had the haircut from the WWE hairstylist. And, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, he, and it's just it's, something's a little off. He's he's become one of their cartoons, a, a version of himself. You know, it's like where Cody retained that authenticity, quote unquote, because we all know that's also like he's a, he's also a gimmick and a worker. But you but you understand what I'm saying. It's like Cody remains Cody. Punk is like this slightly. He's like a 78% version of Punk. <laughs> right. You know, he's the AI. Weird... He, he's the downloaded, you downloaded parts of CM Punk and then input them to another person, and it's not quite there. You know what I mean? It's right. got some of the matters, but it didn't quite download perfectly. That's kind of and he knows, and he knows if he wants that mania main event, he's gotta play the game. Uh -huh. And he's uh -huh. he's gonna he, and that's what he's gonna do, you know, and he's gonna and he, and he's doing the same thing he did in AEW. He's gonna go down to the PC and He's gonna take a picture with Nikita Lyons, and you know, just like, just like, <laughs> and Roxanne when he went to AEW, Jade. he's taking like seven yeah. photos with Cora Jade. We get it, Bal. Young wrestlers, and, and, we got it. Young wrestlers, you're you're mentoring young wrestlers. We got it, buddy. We get it. Right, just he's friendly, he's friendly, and he's you know he's he's great. He wants to take over NXT and you know help the new generation and everything. I you know maybe he really meant that in AEW. I don't think that you know maybe he means it now, but he he's we all know he's incapable. <laughs> he's Phil Brooks though. He's he's incapable of this, okay? We all know this and it's all going to come crashing down at some point, but he's going to play this smart and and he wants to stick at the con and there's a it's a lot of moving parts here. So that's my take on Punk. Now, as far as the NXT show Let's goes, get there. Let's go to NXT deadline, folks. WWE PLE from oh. Peacock. Uh, deadline spelled with a one instead of an I. So, so let's just talk. Let's go right to that segment. Because yeah. 
it's it, you know so he does this segment with Shawn Michaels and he comes out and he brings Shawn Michaels out and as you alluded to okay Shawn Michaels first of all I, look I know this man has allegedly changed his life and taken on Christianity and he's a he's a soldier of the Lord and his his days are behind him but I, I mean, if you would have told me that he did every drug on the table before he came out for this segment, I would have believed you. The, what this, the fuck is wrong? This with was you? 1996 Michael Hickenbottom what? here for sure. Go ahead. Was he in the back with Marty Jannetty, like dropping stuff in people's drinks, like before he came? Like, what was the de- what's the deal with this? I guy? have no he idea. Looks, yeah, because zoned out. He's like, yeah, I don't know what he, was he, there's going on. There's something off with him. He's just, uh, but he. Uh, you know, he immediately forgets what he's supposed to say. Right, he like, goes, hey, right we're here at NXT. Well, not even. He, then, like... No, he didn't. He literally said, Punk said something to him, and, and Michaels literally said, uh, I forgot. He said, I forgot in the ring. <laughs> right, he did. He I, thought, I thought he at least to... did his customary, like, uh, no. we're here at deadline. Oh, he said nothing. No, he comes out. Punk goes, ah. What you see, I thought I thought Point. I thought Michaels came out first and did like the customary like, no. "Are you ready?" No, because he did, because he tried to do the "Are you ready?" thing. Right, I'm talking about when Punk Punk said to him, "What are you gonna do now? Point at your crotch and say suck it?" And he like, and he was like, "Um, I, I forgot." <laughs> like he didn't know what he forgot what they were gonna do. They like and he literally bits. said, "I forgot." And then then Michaels does the thing with the hoodie because Punk is wearing the Bret Hart hoodie. And he goes, he says, makes a joke about the hoodie. And this is what you said before. Like the fans didn't get it. Like the people in that building, the vast majority of them had no clue that that was a reference to the heat, the old heat between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Just like the vast majority of the people at SmackDown didn't understand the punk joke when he talked about punching people in the back. And punk was so surprised by that, that he kept trying to tell that joke (laughs) and the the collar (laughs) tug. Like, why am I not getting a reaction? This is a great line. And it was a great line, but nobody understood it. And it really just sinks in. This, this Shawn Michaels hit that, that floored me. I was just like, oh my God, we've reached the point where we've been asking as wrestling people, when are people going to get over the Montreal screw job? When are people going to get over Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels? Was it a work? Was it a, we're there, pal. We're there because this NXT audience, CM Punk is wearing a pink hoodie that says Hitman and says, sorry, Sean, I'm wearing the wrong hoodie. And Sean yeah. says something essentially like, oh, well, yeah, it happens. And then they wait. Sean point. Yeah, he pointed it. Yeah. And then they, and they wait the for like the reaction. No reaction. Nothing. Crickets. Which leads me. This is my like, who are these fucking fans who go to these shows now? These are like, what world are they in? Where they don't know about CM Punk punching people in the back. They don't or they aren't aware of Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart's history. These WWE fans are like created in a lab. They're like sea monkeys. These are like they they did they breed these fans in a fucking lab and, and just keep them in a bubble where they're not exposed to anything else going on around them or or the history of the company, even of the or or what punk was doing in AEW. These fans are fucking sea monkeys, Rich. I don't understand who these people are. And we talked about it last week. They're adults, too. It's not like they're children. These are like 40-year-old men in the fucking audience. 
How do you not know that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels have this long history? <laughs> we've re- we've reached that we're- point. We finally reached the point where people are gonna get not worry about Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels anymore. The problem is they're not not worrying about it. They don't know what it is. They have no fucking idea. They don't have no clue. <laughs> they don't know that punk. The most popular, the most, punk- <laughs> the biggest wrestling story of all time, and these fans whoosh right over their head. So they can go yeet, 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 yeah. yeet, and 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 share Samantha Irvin TikTok videos with each other. That's what it's been, we yeah. created. Those are the fans now. It's it's crazy. I don't know who the fuck these people are. <laughs> they don't know why Punk is there. They don't know how Punk got there. <laughs> no, they have no idea. It's just Punk they showed up. Know. A bunch of other people cheer, so they go, yeah, I see a Punk. And then he makes these references, and they have no idea what these references are. They, Zero. They don't know how he got there. They think one day he just said, well, I'm going to head over to WWE now. They don't, they don't, they, they, these people are clueless. And yeah, he got up from the couch, cracked his back and said, ah, time to go back to WWE after 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like you said, but then Jay Uso will come out and they'll all in unison. 10,000 people. Yeet, 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 yeet. Right. Oh. It, it's, it's fucking incredible. I, I, I. You know, that's their fan base now, and I think that's taken Punka back. As oh, he gets it has every time. Every time he does these little promo things, and he thinks he's gonna get. That's been the most fascinating thing to watch. Is he he hits these lines, you know, he's like nailed it, and then he waits and gets nothing, and then it just is like because he's kind of thrown off a little bit. And even Shawn Michaels, I think, was a little. I mean, he was completely thrown off by everything. Just the whole existence, his whole existence, was thrown him off on this night. But he has one of the worst segments you'll ever see. Uh, this week, I guess. Well, no. <laughs> no. Th- no. I'm sorry, because was... then on Dynamite, something was much worse, I think. But... No, I disagree. This was way worse than the Dynamite segment. I th- This was... Ooh. The Dynamite segment bombed, but this was Shawn Michaels, just a non-participant, didn't... Felt like he didn't know where he was, like he was on another planet, like he was high or something. And then CM Punk being forced to do the segment by himself because Sean forgot what they were supposed to be doing out there. And then even at the end of it, Punk puts his arm around him and he goes, well, you didn't remember any of your lines, but we had a good time out. It's like he acknowledged (laughs) that Sean had no clue what the fuck was going on. Right. Can I get a selfie? Can I get a selfie? And then Sean Michaels with his dopey face. It's like, you know, taking their selfie. How is this guy booking NXT? (laughs) I don't even feel like he knows where he is. Like, I feel like if you asked him what year it was, he'd be like, I don't know, 2017. Like, he's fucking completely out of it. What the fuck is with this guy? I don't know. It was, I I don't know if I can call this worse. I don't know if I can call this worse than the Dynamite segment because this was just one person not knowing what they were doing, whereas the Dynamite segment felt like four people all doing different things in the same segment. At least the Dynamite segment very poorly built to a match. (laughs) Oh, did it? Between between the Winnipeg Jets and Big Billy Starks or whatever. Well, you know, what Kenny, was, you know actually, what was, no, honestly, Kenny was Kenny made that so much worse by just not having. Let me tell you something. Kenny Omega was by far the worst person in that segment. Absolutely. hundred percent. Far and away. Didn't know anything. Jericho's, didn't know the name of his listen, team. No, didn't. Yeah. Didn't know a thing. He's so not invested. He doesn't care. Like Jericho's jokes bombed. Okay. No doubt about it. 
Um, I don't like Big Bill and Starks. They were like victims. Like I don't even I, I don't even blame them that much. They, they were fine. Kendall, yeah, Big Bill had his one little line or whatever. He got it out. Starks that last line that he the last bit that he had was was great. Some fire at yeah. the end. He yeah, was like, like this thing's bombing. I gotta it. just do my Ricky Starks thing. And then he went out That's there right. for and for three minutes just went on a big rampage and a rant uh, and did it. But yeah, Jericho did some terrible jokes that didn't get over. And then Kenny was just land. like <laughs> in his basketball shorts and his t shirt, just like yeah. Like they he were going the over the promo the before, team. and he's like, "I got, I'll call it in the ring, call it in the ring." <laughs> and he doesn't know what the doesn't know what no, his team name is, who well, they're facing, what the story is. Knows nothing. You're you're, you're joking, but that's exactly how the segment went. Right. But, um, you know, he yeah, he doesn't even know the name of the tag team. And when he was doing the whole goodbye and goodnight thing, I w- that was such secondhand embarrassment. It took him. It felt like it took him an hour to get those to get that final line out with the goodnight and goodbye. And the bang or whatever. The bid you, I bid you adieu. And I bid the crowd adieu. And I bid Chris Jericho adieu. <laughs> we heard and you. Bid, spit it out. He's, he's like, I think he's still bidding people adieu. Like, he's just so awkward. He was awful. Awful. But Shawn Michaels was somehow worse than even Kenny Omega was in that segment. Because I'm not sure Shawn Michaels understood that he was in a ring with a on, on live TV with with a with, on a live show with a camera he was just completely out of it i mean i wouldn't you know i i know it's not the case but it would you know would you be surprised if you found out he was he, you know he popped fucking 40 xanax before he went out there like <laughs> it's no 1997 idea, yeah. like he's just completely out of it it was so bad it was complete and punk knew it was awful and punk it just he he wrapped it up himself put his arm around him he's like well sean this didn't go as planned and you don't know what the hell's going on here but <laughs> Let's take a selfie and and ra- and then it didn't accomplish anything. Like, what was the point? The point was just to get Punk out there. Yeah. And and Michaels just whatever they had planned went out the fucking window because this guy doesn't know what fucking year it is. But um, that you know th- this whole NXT show. I mean, listen. Here's the thing. People say to us, Rich, why do you guys review NXT? You never like it. You you think it's terrible. Um, you're miserable. Right, it makes you miserable. You're miserable. It makes you miserable. You hate to right. do it. We have to do this because somebody has to speak the truth about these awful NXT shows. I am so tired of people not burying these shows. They're they're always atrocious. They're not bad. They're always atrocious. This one again was terrible. Wasn't the worst one. We, there's been worse. There's been worse. Halloween Havocs. Those Halloween Havocs are always worse. But the fact that people don't bury these NXT, somebody has to do it. Someone has to speak truth to NXT power and speak the truth about these NXT shows. And if we don't do it, there's no one to do it because people pretend that these shows aren't awful. And I can't allow that. I can't fucking allow it. So now what I'm going to do, and I haven't done this yet, I'm pulling the old cage match up to see what they thought of this show because. They weren't as on board as you might think. They were still on board a bit, but the match that I was worried about, I checked it a little bit earlier because I was assuming you were going to do the gimmick uh, with that steel cage match, but even the uh, the inmates hated that uh, steel cage match. So. Well, I could tell you that the 7.44 for the show is... Oh, it's absurd. Fucking <laughs> Absolutely okay. absurd, yeah. Um, let's see. I think they got the best match correct but they way overrated it. 8.77 for the men's iron survivor is ridiculous. That's like a wrestle kingdom main event score. Come on. That's it was the best match. I thought, but 
there were still massive problems with it. Um, oh my god, seven point four seven for the women's Iron Survivor <laughs> is even worse because that straight up fucking that sucks. was fucking horrible. That, yeah, that was legitimately a bad wrestling match. It was bad. Um, and everything else looks like it's yeah. Everything else came out okay. I don't have a problem with the other ratings. We'll go through them as we go through, I guess. But um, yeah. So I looked at look the kickoff match. Did you watch the pre-show, Joe? Did you watch the pre-show? I did, and you know I did, but I know you're doing the bit for the show. No, because I did too. But yes, yeah. Axiom versus Nathan Fraser. Why isn't it just Fraser? (laughs) Fraser. (laughs) Make it easier for everybody. Like, why does it have to be this awkward? Fraser, F-A-R-F-R-A-Z-E-R. That's not a last name. Like, put the I in there and just make it Fraser, so we can all just fucking be normal and not have to force. Like, when you look at that, you want to say Fraser, right? But then you, your brain wants to say Fraser, but then you have to say Fraser because it's not Fraser, and it fucking bothers me. It bothers me. Um, Watch it be like the last name of like his dead grandfather or something. And that's why he took it. And now I sound like an asshole, but either way, you should stick the eye in there. But no, that, that wasn't a bad little match. Nice little three and a half star opener for the, uh, for the deadline kickoff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Fraser is, is, is he's solid as hell. He's always been really, really yeah. good. I think he's a complete waste in this company, but whatever. He, this is what he wants to do. So great. You could be on the deadline kickoff show. Uh, and yeah, they had a good little match. You know, 10 minutes. Axiom looked solid. Fraser looked solid. And 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 yeah, I, I was I was kind of like, all right, this is a good start. And I didn't I didn't anticipate watching this, but this is the first time, and, and I know you you got presented with this as well. Where on Peacock, normally the kickoff show is its own video file. In this case, I went to the NXT deadline, and they had a kickoff file, and I didn't click the kickoff file. I clicked the main deadline one, and then it pops up with kickoff show, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm looking at the timeline, and it's three hours and 25 minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I forward, and I forward, and I forward. I get through all the dumb pre-show talk. Yeah, I don't need I don't need Booker yeah, T and was... Jerry Lawler you know, giving their predictions for, for the I... matches or whatever. And then it pops up, and then a wrestling match is happening. I go, ah, okay, this must be the actual uh, deadline show. So I'm watching it. It's over. And then we go back to the booth, and I'm like, nah, fuck. God damn it. I watched a kickoff match, and I didn't want to. But it was good. It was a good kickoff match. So I I didn't really mind that uh, that much. Then we got the actual show itself. The file was three hours, 33 minutes, and 45 seconds. Because I noted that. And when I put it on, I said, I cannot do. Something has to be done. Because I cannot do a three-hour and 33-minute NXT show. I'll be hanging from my garage by a noose if I try to watch a three-hour and 33-minute NXT show. But then, like you, I discovered that that included the pre-show. So I was like, ah, okay, all right. So um, now the pre-show, I did sit there and watch it, okay? So we have uh, Sam Roberts on the pre-show. <laughs> we have uh, the guy from the... Uh, the guy from the bump, what the hell is that dork saying? Oh, uh, oh, oh, we always make fun of him, but we always uh, forget his name. I know who you're talking about, the guy from the bump. WWE's the bump, Greg, I should say. Uh, Gr- Greg Sanderson or something? <laughs> no, Matt is Camp. Isn't it uh, Matt Camp? Matt Camp. Matt yeah. Camp. I was close. Um, so um, he's on there, and then some woman, some generic woman that they're going to fire in, in, in a month or whatever. And um, <laughs> I know it used to be Mackenzie Mitchell or whatever, and then they fired Mackenzie Mitchell and then replaced right, her with this one another fired, yeah. random blonde woman that innocuous insert innocuous blonde woman here, and then yeah, right. she you know yeah, don't bother learning her name. I mean, you know, like and this this Mackenzie Mitchell gets fired, and everybody acts like Diane Sawyer just got fired. <laughs> like she's some kind of great broadcast journalist. Jan like, Pauly got fired. It's come down. Oh my god, they 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 got rid of Mackenzie Mitchell, and my reaction was, who the fuck is Mackenzie Mitchell? Like, who cares? Um, 
you know, but uh, just they got another Mackenzie Mitchell in there or whatever. But there was a there was a Roxanne Perez pre-tape oh. on the uh, pre-show, Rich. And um, I want you to know that um, tonight, tonight, coming into this steel cage match <laughs> with Kiana James, I am done. Roxanne Perez is done. I have never been this done. It's exactly what we mocked last <laughs> week. Time. They really did it. Like, they really did what we mocked. She's like, I am done with Ke- Kiana James. Every month, Roxanne Perez is finally pushed over the edge. <laughs> I can't go on like this and, anymore for right. the last four months. Right. This and has to another... end tonight. You and me, this has to be the last time you and I and face off in back. the NXT ring. <laughs> it's like In a steel cage, a fucking weapons wild. Weapons wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. Weapons. And they had the... Uh, um, the playground, devil's the, playground, uh, devil's the, playground, devil's playground. Yeah, the, the, the fucking teeter totter, the children's playground with the plastic teeter totter. <laughs> Don't forget that one. She's she's always in these uh, these uh, death matches because she is. Just <laughs> I like I call the them edge. death matches. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I matches. call these death she's, matches. Not quite. Uh, they are not not quite June Kasai out there. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's how they present them. These are death matches, Rich, because she is done. Not exactly, Mister Danger the out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Difference. That's exactly what it is. So they come back, and we go to the desk with uh, whoever the blonde is and Sam Roberts. And Sam Roberts goes, can I just take a minute to talk about the edginess of Roxanne Perez? And I'm just thinking of you, Rich, the edginess of Roxanne Perez. <laughs> you know, she's he, Sam Roberts is just he he know. And then he goes on to talk about how we're going to get a different Roxanne Perez. Tonight <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is this is Groundhog every Day. month. It's Groundhog Day. What the fuck? <laughs> every goddamn month. She's been pushed over the edge. And she gets into one of these fucking plastic death matches. You know what NXT is? It's you know fucking what this shit. shit. Is? It's fucking shit. It's like if Disney Channel did a wrestling promotion, and it was like, and they they, they had their Disney stars, and right? They and it aired at four bumps. p.m. It aired on four p.m. on a weekday yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right after Double Dare, where they're pulling fucking flags out of giant noses, out of the boogers, and. Then it's time for Disney Channel fucking wrestling with Roxanne Perez, who's been pushed over the edge. And she has a steel cage match where nobody, with no violence at all, <laughs> with no violence whatsoever. Right. And we have to listen to Sam Roberts talk about how she's, he's her edginess. It's just, it's, it's awful. It's so awful. Did you notice that Braun Breakar also has the Carlos Boozer beard? On his face. Yes, what is like with the, the, the new revolution of we got uh, Lexus King has the Carlos Boozer beard. Yes. Braun Breaker yeah. has the Carlos Boozer beard. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why do all these guys have this these weird shadow beards? Like, is this uh, is this big with the Gen Z kids, Rich? Is this something that we're whiffing on? Oh, the thing maybe. is, Brian, shit, the thing. But here's the thing. Brian Pillman's like 40. <laughs> right. And he's so, the least cool human on Earth. So, <laughs> right. So that it, that doesn't add up like he has. He does not have a cool bone in his body. He's way too old to do things that are cool. So I don't think that's it. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure he's actually than... older than me. If I think about it, he, he's either the same he's like age. 35. He's either the same age as me or older than me. Oh, he's 30 somehow. He's the oldest 30 year old in the world. Wow. He's only 30. Unbelievable. Okay. All right. Well, you know, he's still a dork. He's still an absolute it, it's dork. Like, yeah. He's still too old to be like doing cool things, though, if he's 30. So, I, you know, like Braun Breaker is what, like 24 or something? Um, 
or so whatever the fuck he is. Th- this doesn't have to do with the uh, the show. Did you watch the Ava Rain and uh, <laughs> Brian Pillman oh Jr. segment uh, from uh, NXT? Yeah. So, by the way, Ava Rain, uh, the rock daughter, she's left the sex cult, and now she's like an authority figure for some reason. I don't know why. I guess they have absolutely nothing left for her to do, so now they've decided she's an authority figure. Yeah, so, she's terrible too. She's, I mean, she's so fucking terrible. So she's completely useless. She <laughs> so she's backstage. She's always every time she talks, she's about to laugh. You know what I mean? She's she's like the worst SNL character that just can't get through any of the bits. And it's like, all right, you got to be able to get through some of these bits without like about you're about to laugh every single time. We got to be able to get through one of these bits. So she's backstage, you know, in 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 the NXT locker room or whatever, you know, her 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 office that says Ava Rain on it or whatever. And Brian Pillman Jr. attacked some random person in the breakout tournament or whatever. And, you know, Brian Pillman enters the frame. And if people haven't seen this, you have to watch this. You have to watch it. So much so, hold on a minute. I, I got to see if this thing is unavailable on YouTube. You're not going to be able to hear it, Joe, but I got to find out if this thing. One sec. It it has to be heard by the masses. Because, again, people will say this show is good, right? We right. can't let they, that happen will, anymore. Yeah. We have to stop letting people say that this show is good. Let me see if I can find this Ava Rain, uh, Brian. I can't believe I'm calling Ava Rain. And I keep calling him Brian Pillman Jr., Lexus King, <laughs> and Ava and, and, Rain. And, and listen. And and I take exception to something you said there. You know, you said he replaced a random person. He didn't replace a random person in the NXT tournament. It was was something. It was like Bear Claw. He replaced replaced Trey Bearhill, sir. And I I demand that you put respect on the name Trey Bearhill and and give him respect. A vicious attack. That Trey Burial deserves. <laughs> okay, so I have this segment here, Joe. You won't unfortunately be able to hear it, but uh, I'll play it for the uh, for the audience here. Because again, people will say the show is yes. good, and this is the show that people think is is good. So here it is. Yeah, if I were you, I wouldn't go in there. Everyone in the tournament wants a piece of you. As per usual. No, Lexus, they want you in the tournament so they can kick your ass. <laughs> well then, mission accomplished, Ava. See, I make moments happen on NXT. And I get it, you're fired up, you're a little flustered, because you're in the presence of a superstar like myself. But don't sweat it, it's completely natural. Besides, you're not the first, and you definitely won't be the last. Yeah, so since you're still new around here, it's official. You'll be replacing Trey Bearhill in the men's breakout tournament. You don't say. Lexus King in the breakout tournament. You just made my night, sweetheart. <laughs> I will see you around. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Okay, so the best part of that entire thing is Ava Rain going like, Lexus King, everybody wants to kill you and hurt you. And there's like a weird pause, and then Lexus King goes, as per usual, <laughs> like the least <laughs> cool way ever. <laughs> As per usual, <laughs> it's like, oh God. And okay. then, hey, since you're <laughs> new around here, you're new around here. Uh, <laughs> right. You will be replacing Trey Bearhill, and like, like, what's wrong with her? I don't know. It's so bad. What's wrong with these people? And Why can't was, they like, just talk? I, there was a weird insinuation that Brian Pillman wanted to fuck her as well. There was a lot of like. 
you're not the first and you won't be the last <laughs> and then yeah, he's like well, see you later listen, sweetheart and i was like okay his, his fans are the lex offenders so, yeah right you know, so we got some some uh, bubbling sexual tension here going on between ava rain and uh and lexus king but yeah that that's the show that people call good by the way and then uh lexus king left the frame and then the camera stayed on ava rain for an impossibly long amount of time as she while she stares off into the <laughs> right, yeah. right and then yes. an impossible amount of time just <laughs> I don't know how they do that gaze for as long as they do the gaze. Like, is there a target that they're looking at or what? like, I don't know. So he replaces Trey Bearhill uh, in the, in the men's breakout tournament, a tournament rich with all the stars. Oh, you ready God. Do, you, do you have the lineup? The you got the lineup? Oh, I sure do. Rich. <laughs> Let's I go. Mean, NXT breakout tournament lineup. I, yes. I mean, it's all the stars. I have them committed to memory. Uh, Trey Bearhill. Riley Osborne, Dion Lennox. Didn't they already have a Dion Lennox? <laughs> I believe they point? had a someone. Like they they had a Lennox for sure. Um, Keanu Carver. All the stars, Rich. All the stars. Oba Femi, Rich. Uh, Miles Bourne. Tavion Heights, which sounds like a, a suburb on the outskirts of Cleveland. Tavion Heights. Tavion Heights sounds and like let's... the bit player of like a basketball movie. Like, like, like what was it? <laughs> it's like a Keanu Reeves. It's not hardball. I know that's not the movie. I like, what was the one? Coach Carter. It's... Coach Carter. Remember the one with Samuel Jackson where it's he coached Coach Carter? Yeah. Or, and like or... the fourth guy on the team is Tavion Heights or whatever. And it's maybe, like, maybe, maybe the love interest of Juana Man, right? Like something <laughs> like that. Heights, uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> Played by Donald Faison or whatever. Yeah, it's yes, perfect. always Donald Faison. Absolutely. Donald Faison as as Tavion Heights. Yes. But but Juana Man can't reveal that she's really a, 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 a woman, but she has a crush on Tavion Heights. Like that's that's where they got that. And, and and I saved the best for last. He's, oh, by the way, are, are we playing the game? Am I supposed to guess which one of these are real and which ones are no, fake? These are, listen, I can't even fake ones as good as this. So <laughs> And then I saved the best for last. This man, Rich, is a lawyer, but he's also an Italian. So we're hitting off a lot of pro wrestling stereotypes here. Uh, Luca Crucifino. Who, <laughs> do you know how he's a lawyer, Rich? It says the legal eagle on his cufflink. Ah. On his, uh, on his, yeah. So it, 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 Isn't that it, true, Gulag? It, it what reminds, the fuck are we doing here? Hold on a minute. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Rick Martell became the model. He wore a giant button that said, yes, I am a model. So <laughs> right, in case you weren't he was sure. Supposed yes. to be, right. You, you, in case you weren't sure what the gimmick was and you knew he was supposed to be a model, he had a giant button that said, yes, I am a model. Well, this Luca Crucifino... Uh, wears a suit and on his uh, on his uh, cuff it says the legal eagle Luca Crucifino. I, I wonder does Drew Gulak get offended? That's by what this? I said. What standards. Gulak cannot yeah. stand for this, right? There's no way. Well, he's maybe he's uh, mentoring this Luca Crucifino. Mm. Um, he says he gets judgments in the courtroom and he's gonna pass judgment on the NXT superstars. <laughs> so um, that's the uh, <laughs> the breakout tournament with. Uh, with, with, with all the stars, but no Trey Bearhill. No Trey Bearhill, sir. He has been replaced by uh, Lexus King. It looks like Riley Osborne and Oba Femi have Oba gotten to the finals. Femi. Yes. Uh, Lexus King attacked Trey Bearhill with a chair and replaced him mm-hmm. in the tournament. That doesn't seem fair. 
that doesn't that doesn't yeah Ava just let it happen though um, uh, her leadership is 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 definitely being called into question especially so soon after being part of a uh, a devious sex cult or whatever the hell that thing was uh quickly quickly on they um they, they've let her just become an authority figure so I don't know seems... well, what else can they do with her she can't wrestle well, I mean in kayfabe right? it seems suspect that this person that was running the ruckshaw over the company with her sex cult is now just that's true she assumed power cult. yeah she wasn't yeah. a cult she um the, the problem though is like she talks worse than she wrestles. Yeah, so the right. <laughs> but she's the rock's daughter, and they can't they can't they're fire. Trying, her. they're trying something, they're trying anything. But man, I don't know. They do. they're stuck with her. They're stuck with her. But she'll get over. Everybody does. Like the the sea monkeys in in these in these that that are these WWE fans. The, it it doesn't matter, Rich. No, she's gonna be. She's gonna get over. They they react. They just. They eat up all the fucking slop. You know, they take their fucking spoon and their knife and their fork and they eat all the fucking slop that they're fed by this fucking company. It's 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 over, Rich. You know, we're on We've the lost. losing team. We've lost. Yeah. And we're, and we're how are it's... we losing? We are fucking losing now. Oh, oh God. <laughs> we're getting. Yeah. I mean, they're keeping the starters in. Yeah. You we're know, getting they're up 40 in the fourth. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so that's the uh, NXT breakout tournament. And uh, that was the pre-show. So we open up with uh, Axia. No, we open up with Dragon Lee versus uh, Dom Mysterio with uh, Rey Mysterio on commentary. Now, I talked about this when Dragon Lee faced Santos Escobar on whatever other pay-per-view that was. I think that was a main roster pay-per-view, wasn't it? That was Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series, right? I think they were on Survivor Series. So Dom is out here just being Dom. He can't do anything, and he doesn't have any talent. Right. He He, he does some things, but the things he does, he does at, like, half speed. You know what he wrestles like? You know what he is? He wrestles like a 1988 house show. He just – he puts a guy in a side headlock, and then they get the crowd to do the – like the the, the, the claps. (laughs) Then when Dragon Lee stands up, (laughs) he, he pulls him down by the back of the mask. You know, and then puts him back in the side headlock like that because he can't do anything else. Um, so, but, but my 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 issue here is why even sign a guy like Dragon Lee if you're going to have him work matches like this? Like, what's the point of having Dragon Lee? You can take any of the dopey college football players in the PC, Tavion Walker or whatever his name was. He could he could take, do this. Take Heights, take Tavion Heights and throw a mask on him, and. You know, and he can go out there with all gimmicked up and do these, you know, perfunctory 1988 house show matches. You don't need Dragon Lee for that. Like, why sign Dragon Lee if you're not going to let him be Dragon Lee? Right. He does, he does that one tope. He does that one tope every match, and that gets over, and that's cool spot or whatever. Other than that, he is just a normal – he is every other – you could have thrown any guy in a mask and had them work this yeah. exact match. Yeah. And he goes out there and has a two-and-a-half-star match and doesn't – now it's good for him because it's easier on his body. You know, and I could see why he came here and but but like, why do they want him like this could be anyone, you know, it's 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 actually it, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. Like, I don't understand the point. Now, I figured out the perfect comp for Dom Mysterio. I know exactly who this guy oh, is. Oh, man. All right. Let's see. He he wrestles just like this man. Same style. In fact, this match against Dragon Lee, I have seen. The man I'm about to compare him to have the exact same match. You know who Dom Mysterio is? He's Dangerous Danny Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Dangerous Danny Davis, who did the heel referee gimmick, and then he joined Jimmy Hart's stable, and he wrestled in the fucking, <laughs> the, like, with the stripes. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and he was terrible. Like, he was he not good. You know, he couldn't really he just, do anything. He had two left feet. And he just Dom Mysterio. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling all listeners. I'm telling you, when this show's over, go on YouTube and watch any dangerous Danny Davis versus Sam Houston house show match from 1988, and that was Dom versus Dragon Lee on this show. The same fucking match. Side headlock, crowd claps, yank him down by the hair, rinse, repeat. Do that four or five times. Wait for the ref to say it's time to go home and then hit your finish. Dom is fucking dangerous, Danny Davis. That's who he is. He's 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 a, a guy who with limited ability who just goes out there and he gets some heat. And part of the heat that he gets is because everybody knows he sucks. Like that's like that's part of the whole deal. You know what I mean? And that and that's what they, they went out. This was a this was a dangerous Danny Davis Sam Houston match <laughs> from 1988 in the Boston Garden is what this was. And that's what Dom does. Uh, and I don't understand why you sign a guy like Dragon Lee if that's what you're going to do with him. Let him be Dragon Lee or what the fuck's the point? You can just recruit someone. You know, if maybe they want a Mex- an authentic Mexican star. Well, then put a Mexican guy under a mask and let him do his kind of, you know, like, I don't understand. Yeah, he's doing nothing spectacular. He's, he's doing no Dragon Lee type of stuff. Nothing that we come we have come to know Dragon Lee to do. Anybody could have done this match, like you said. Other than that one tope that he does and that one, you know, the flippy do that he does, it's it good and it's spectacular. Other than that, he's pretty much just working. Yeah, like you said, any guy could, could, could fit in this exact role at this exact match. I mean, just heat, heat, heat. Dom getting the heat, like you said. Side headlock, pull the mask down. Side headlock, pull the mask down. Bump over, shoulder block, shoulder block, shoulder block. Yeah, headlock. Roll him up and pin him. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Dragon Lee does one move. And then does a cool move, and then he pins him, and then it's over. And it's like anybody on earth can do this exact same match. Anybody. So then we have the women's iron survivor gimmick. Can, can I and, talk about uh, these iron survivor things? I am, yes, you, you Because, again, we have to do this because nobody else will. I have heard a lot of people over the last week saying, ah, it's amazing how WWE has created a new gimmick match that really works. It just works as Iron Survivor Challenge. Oh, who's match. saying this? A people bunch of dumb people. This? Oh, yeah. Of people oh. that I, I I don't want to name. If it was you, you would name names. I'm not going to name names. You can find them if you want. These people are lying to you. These gimmick matches suck. This Iron Survivor thing sucks. It's 25 minutes. There's penalty boxes. There's pinfalls. There's all these sort of things. But it falls under the trap that a lot of these WWE gimmick things fall under is... During the course of a match, people are being pinned after moves that don't like someone will do a hip toss and Lash Legend will pin Kalani Jordan. And you're like, well, what? <laughs> like, why is this Kalani Jordan? Was she going to lose normally with a with a hip toss? And, and then people go in these penalty boxes and then they're fighting out of the penalty boxes. And then there's all this sort of stuff happening. And, it's, and then you're guaranteed 25 minute long matches that are not good. Like this women's one was not good, but it had to go 25 minutes. People that are telling you this is a good gimmick match are lying to you. These are not good. The men's match was okay because there was a lot of talented guys in there. And, and, and one guy in particular, they got by. Behind, and we're going to be right about this, and I'll get to that when we get to it. But this women's match shows how this oh, gimmick that match. That was my talking point. I know. I knew, I circled anyway. it, and I said, "Oh, Joe's going to go on a victory lap here." But um, it's not good. And people that tell you that it's good are lying. It, 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 it again, it's one of my things that I hate. It falls into the trap of the classic Survivor Series match, where normally when we watch these people wrestle, they can go eight to ten minutes, and it takes a big time finishing move for them to lose this match or whatever. I in, in Survivor Series matches. Hacksaw Butch Reed, it would be a you know a, a, a body slam one two three, and he'd say yeah well not my night and Raw of the Ring and he was done or whatever and it was it make no sense. 
that's what this match is too. People are losing with with moves they would never lose to. People are just quickly getting these these pinfalls here and there, and like. It makes sense in a two out of three falls match to preserve yourself. Like that's kind of the the, the idea behind a two out of three falls. And I, I have beef with it with two out of three falls matches a lot as well. But the idea that is, you know, normally you'll be put in a submission and instead of fighting through the submission, you just say, ah, you know what? I'll tap out, save my arm. It's okay. I'll li- I'll live to fight. I have another fall or whatever. Or a big pinfall happens and you say, ah, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. I'll take the pinfall. I'll rest up and I'll try to get those next two falls or whatever. This there's no incentive to lose. Like you don't want to ever lose because when you get pinned or submitted, you go to the penalty box so it doesn't make sense that you would want to be submitted or you'd want to be pinned or whatever but people are just losing from normal matches like like our normal moves like normal moves are happening and people are pinned from them so that makes no sense at all i hate that that. stuff it it it, it kind of ruins my suspension disbelief and then these people have to wrestle for 25 minutes and it's the nxt women so they're doing a whole bunch of shit that doesn't make any sense. Like, they can't do any of this stuff. Poor Kalani Jordan and poor Lash Legend are out there just trying to do whatever spots are being sent to them by these these agents that are just... It, it, the NXT thing is so weird because these agents, they want the women. Well, you have Dragon Lee, who they don't let do anything. <laughs> Dragon Lee can't do anything, right. must be taken to the ground, must have heat given upon him, and then maybe can do like a 450 one time. And it, but then it's like... Please. Yeah, that's right. It'd yeah. be great if you could do a four. Maybe one dive. But then we're like Kalani Jordan. You know what she should do? A springboard moonsault to the outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. many matches have you had in your yeah. life? Kalani Jordan four. Great. Why don't you do a springboard fucking tope to the outside? And you and Lash Legend go crashing into the wall. It's like what the fuck? Like you have Dragon Lee and you don't let him do anything. But then Kalani Jordan, Lash Legend, and Fallon Henry, the the, the quarterback of the match here, you're allowed to let her just do anything. You you know, if Tiffany Stratton wants to do a springboard, you know, fucking whatever. Yeah. Yeah, great, we'll do it. That no problem at all. But yeah, Dragon Lee, we got to keep him grounded. It's so weird. But yeah, th- anybody who tells you this match is good is lying to you. This match sucked. This was not good. This match was horrible. I mean, okay, Kalani Jordan. Maybe she'll become fucking Akira Hokuto. I don't know. Right now, she fucking stinks. I have no idea how they have this person on TV. Rich, she moves around like a fucking sloth. Can she move any slower? And I'm not even just talking about her foot speed. Everything she does is done at like 0.4. She's clearly still thinking it through her way. Yeah. She's thinking it through. Yes. She's terrible. She's embarrassingly bad. You can't have her on TV. She is the shits. She's so bad. Lash legend is still not good. Tiffany Stratton. All right, whatever. You know, she's going to be a star, but she's got a ways to go. Blair Davenport by far. Oh, the best person in this match. I mean, it's not even close. Like, you you know, and um, it's just a mess. They just try things that they cannot handle. And it's just they try to do too much. And you're right. Why do they let these people do all of this shit that's way above their head? And Dragon Lee has to sit in a side headlock for seven minutes. It doesn't make any sense the way they, they they they. They just think so much of the women on this roster and and none of them can handle what's being thrown at them. It's crazy. And, you know, I know you threw it out there and I am the one that says name this John LaRocca. I mean, he put out a tweet and I know no one pays attention to him, but he Fallon Henry, the the basis of it was Fallon Henley. It was a good decision to have her start the match because, you know, she's the quarterback that's going to lead everybody through and, and, and call all the right plays. What? When did Fallon Henley become fucking Ricky Morton? When when did Fallon Henley become Christian? When did uh, Fallon Henley become fucking Ric Flair? Where she's some kind of ring general 
Uh, are you kidding me? Fallon Henley stinks. Rich, did you see the first how many how many minutes before someone comes in? Five minutes or whatever it is. Did you see the first five minutes of this match with Fallon Henley? She could barely stay on her feet. They tried to do the Guerrero Malenko spot, and they couldn't handle that. They couldn't keep their shoulders on the. It's a <laughs> fucking mess. This whole thing was a disaster from start to finish. You know, and this is terrible. I mean, this is one of the worst matches you'll see. I mean, because these people aren't ready to be on TV. And it's so this ambitious. Kalani... It's so ambitious. Like, the amount of things that they try to stuff into this match. It's Because then, like, the men's match was worked very It was just, like, heel face, you know, uh, heat shine. Like, it was just a basic, basic wrestling match. Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio, we just talked about, was heat shine. Heat, like, basic-ass wrestling. And then the women come, and they're like, fuck it. Let's go wild, baby. Let's do everything with these people that can't do anything. What are we doing? I, <laughs> I know happening? I've made this point. But I know I've made this point before. I have to make it again. I, I, I feel like I'm the only one that notices. Do you notice that everyone in this company has the same fucking gear? Like, go back and watch this match. Mm. Every woman in this match is wearing the same gear, just different colors. And they all have the studs, like the sequins. They have studs. And then they all the kind outside. of have like half, like kind of skirt-like yeah, they you know, they they have subtle differences. Like one person will have something around their thigh, one person will have, but essentially WWE is so plastic and manufactured and and it's just so overproduced that all the even the right down to the fucking gear, you can tell it's all made by the same person and it's all like the same version of the same gear that everybody else is wearing. And it's just another one of those little things. People probably think I'm crazy, but it's another one of those things I can't unsee. And it fucking infuriates me because it's just another facet of this company where everything just has to be micromanaged, overproduced, and then everybody comes off the same. Somebody interfered in that cage match that I thought was Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> I thought so too, but no, it's another bitchy Barbie Ooh. character because there can't just be enough bitchy Barbie characters in NXT. There's that's Izzy Dame who is not Tiffany Stratton. I thought the same thing. I was like, whoa, what a it's a weird thing for Tiffany Stratton to do. And they went, Izzy Dame, what's she doing here? I said, who's Izzy Dame? And then she did like the ah ha ha. And I was like, wait, we have another bitchy Barbie character. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I thought Tiffany Stratton was getting was gonna feud with fucking Roxanne that's Perez what I again. And then Vixen. What's Izzy? Damn, I can't believe it. And I went, oh, Izzy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Izzy Dame, but okay. Who is Izzy Dame? I don't know. So, yeah, that was uh, that was quite the revelation uh, for me as well. You know something I noticed, which uh, I wish I didn't notice, and now I can't unnotice it? What's that? I, I think you may have mentioned this, and I, I, feel bad no I feel bad mentioning this to people that haven't seen it. So if you don't want to have every NXT match forever ruined for you, uh, or women's match mostly, skip ahead. Uh, I mean, they're mostly ruined anyway because they all suck. But if you if you still are one of those weird people that likes them, maybe skip ahead 15 seconds, 20 seconds. It'll be probably be a while. Skip ahead a minute. They all jump when they punch. Did you know? Have you, you you've mm. noticed that before, right? Mm. They yeah, all do that. The, the back heel goes yeah. up and then they go, ah, <laughs> every time they go, ah, yeah, they jump. Yeah, yeah. So the back heel goes up first before they throw the punch and then they jump yeah. as the punch happens. It's like all the six-year-olds in, in, in the boys' taekwondo class that I take them two, three times a week where they all they, they have to do the little jump punch. Yeah. Yeah, they all do the little... Once you notice little, it, you can't unnotice it. And in this match, see it. Yeah. it was like there's, they're all doing it at the same time. And I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's doing... Ah, ah. They're all doing the yeah. same spots in the same <laughs> manner, in the same way. And I'm like, oh, no, I hate it. It's all in their fucking gear that looks the same. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. It's, company, it's so yeah. bad. It's just, God, it's so bad. It's, it's Disney Channel wrestling. Fucking Disney Channel. <laughs> what about the, so, QB, uh, the quarterback Fallon Henley out there? That was a great. Uh, well, 
Well, that will encourage Jade with her uh, with her new tits. She got some breast enhancements. Ah, uh, she did indeed. And, um, yes. She she did you hear her robotic promo later yes. in the show when yes. she refused to explain her actions to uh, <laughs> the, the interview lady that used to be with Ring of Honor, but she has the new name. Whatever. Oh name yeah, is. yeah 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 yeah. Um, the the red haired one. I forget her name, but yeah. Like, I'm sure you want me to explain my actions. Why do they talk like <laughs> fucking androids? Why, and it's obviously taught. Yeah, of course. Why of do course. they teach them to speak like androids? I don't understand. Why can't Cora J just go out there and talk like a fucking like she talks, and get her? You know, what I mean, awful. You know, I wonder. It, it's it's. I, I am baffled that more breast implants don't explode in pro wrestling. Like we hear about it now and then, right? Like you'll read in the Observer, so and so had a implant malfunction or a implant explode and they get they got to get you know the, the the surgery redone and they're they're out for a couple months um my wife has fake hoots as longtime listeners might know okay i was very excited about that surgery at the time and i talked about it like every week so my wife has fake hoots you talked about it last and, week by the way you talked about the doctor dr well, rude there you go dr that's rude. right doc, that's a good point <laughs> right. dr. Rude. i even know yeah. the doctor that so, did your wife's breast enhancement yes. surgery that tells you how much you've talked about it <laughs> So my wife has fake hoots, and I got to tell you, for like the first two years, I handled those things like they were active bombs. I was terrified. Working soft, to working point, soft, yeah, just in case. I yeah. was working so light with those with those fake hoots because I was terrified I'm going to break Lance, them. You're Lance Storm out there. Lance Storm in the yeah. bedroom. Going. <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to feel the seam. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like oh, no, I don't want to I don't want to break the hoots, you know, to the point where she gets agitated. She's like, fucking squeeze them. Come on, you know, slap them around. Do something. And like I but I, I'm terrified. I was terrified of those fucking things. I'm still a little scared of them. How all these women have the fake hoots. How do we not have more breast implants exploding in these matches when they're doing moonsaults on top of each other's chests and, and fucking overhand chops and everything else? I'm amazed by that. I don't know. Maybe they're not, maybe the fake hoots aren't as fragile as I think they are. Yeah, maybe not today's. Maybe they've gotten better at, at hoot technology. I, I'm not sure. Not sure. Maybe. But uh, yeah, Cora came I mean, out, knocked somebody. She knocked um, who'd she knock out? I think she knocked out Blair Davenport or something, and then held the title over her head and made faces and stuff. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, robot promo. Uh, Carmelo yeah. Hayes versus Lexus King. So man, you know, I was gonna say, Hayes you want to roll this match. into the next match because I think I think the, the the we I think we can combine these yeah. two. So he wins the match, and then Lexus King grabs the mic. <laughs> uh, I may have lost the match, but I'm a, it's like total loser shit. Like this, <laughs> no, this the was... best part of the entire promo, he goes, <laughs> thanks for the PLE spotlight, Carmelo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck all of this. Total loser shit. Like, God. And he goes, this is like when... <laughs> I didn't attack Trick Williams. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was like, okay. Like he outsmarted Carmelo Hayes, but he lost. You he fucking lost. Match, right? This is loser shit. You worked yourself into a shoot and then lost. Yeah, Carmelo like, beat how, your ass and won a wrestling match. Then he's like, how are you the smart uh, one here? Uh, yes. You know, like you know what it was? It reminded me of Cedric Alexander posing as a janitor, losing. And then revealing that he was the janitor and acting like he was the smart one. <laughs> right. Remember that? Yeah. Against AJ Styles or whatever. We were ranting about that for so long. Yeah. Why do they think that this is a good story? Like, 
all right, so you dressed like a janitor and AJ didn't know it was you, but then you fucking lost anyway. Like what? And, and then he's like pointing to his temple. Like he <laughs> right. got the better of him. Right. And like this guy, like he, th- you didn't outsmart like, oh, thanks for the spot on the PLE. I just want to puke. I want to fucking vomit. Like, like, what the fuck is it? And Carmelo was like, ah, he got me. Like this. Yeah, he's like, oh, like ah. shit. Ah, he got one over on me. <laughs> Damn. Did he? You didn't attack him. Shit. Ugh. All I did was kick your ass and, you know, like, what the fuck? Why does this suck so bad? Why can't wrestling know. just be good? I don't know. The, the worst is people say this is good. People say this is good. So it's like, I, I, I don't you know, know what, what to believe anymore. We, we have to accept that these are not wrestling fans. These are sea monkeys. They're the fucking sea monkeys, Rich. These these people are... Nah, but the people that creative. like this shit are people that I know know better wrestling, and I don't understand what's happening in this world. Name names, because I, I don't... I can't well, accept Well, Brian it. Alvarez, for one, loves this shit, and I'm... Yeah, I'm... but you know... Okay, but part of whole Brian's whole deal is he likes things that are wacky with the little fucking symbol behind it with the exclamation <laughs> I guess, point. yeah, yeah. Okay? He's, he likes things that are wacky, and NXT is undoubtedly oh, it's wacky. wacky. It's wacky. You, you can't... <laughs> You can't say that this shit isn't wacky, okay? It's also fucking terrible. Now, the men's Iron Survivor, I thought this was the best match on the show. I didn't hate this, but there's a couple reasons, right? Number one, we got to talk about Tyler Bate because just a couple of years ago, this guy was blowing the roof off of 10,000-seat basketball arenas and having five-star matches on these NXT shows. Now he's entrant number three of the NXT Iron Survivor Challenge match in front of uh, 5,000 people in the Total Mortgage Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay? He's going backwards. This guy's the Benjamin Button of fucking WWE. But here's the thing. He gets in the ring, and then he owns the ring, and he's the most over person still in the good. match while he's, he's in still the ring. really, really good, yeah. So it's like, don't they see this? No. Like, what the fuck? Like, he comes into no reaction. He, he's the next guy out. He's like he's like Doug Gilbert coming out for the Royal Rumble, and no one knows who he is. In <laughs> Including Kurt Hennig. 90... <laughs> 95. Yeah. 95. I remember it well because he comes yeah. out, and uh, and uh, he comes out, and Kurt Hennig goes, Ha-ha, it's, it's, who is that? And then Vince yeah. stops for a second and goes, Ha-ha, Doug Gilbert. And Kurt Hennig yeah. goes, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like you know who he is. Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Do- Doug Gilbert, who won a battle royal in Memphis to earn a spot this in the spot. Royal Rumble. <laughs> no one knows Doug who he is. Gilbert. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Vince trying to get him over. <laughs> and then uh, that's Tyler Bate. He comes out. He's like Doug Gilbert in 1995, right? No one. It might then, be 96. I might be wrong. It might be 96. Don't. Uh, don't yeah, it's a little, a little deeper than 95. I thought you were wrong, but. I think it's 96, actually. Yeah, but, It's not yeah. important. It, really it is 96. It is 96. Don't correct me. So, uh, but then Bate ends up being over as fuck because he's great, you know, and he ends up getting over with these fans who didn't give a shit about him. I will say this. If you're going to call yourself the big, strong boy, okay, if you're going to call yourself big, strong boy, I'm a little uncomfortable that your tights look like little undies. They look like little tighty whities with the fucking lines <laughs> I, on the side. Like I always said that the, his gimmick was going to be, I, I, I'm, I was positive that one day Vince McMahon, I've told this story before that because of the, because of the, the gear and because of the, you know, the tighty whities that he'd be the big, strong baby. He's a baby. Look at him. He's a goddamn strong baby. It's like, 
And he would come out that's and that's what he is now. That's what he is. And like, thank God Vince is here because it's New Year's and he would have him come out as the New Year's baby. You know what I mean? It'd be like an episode of Raw. And the Miz would come out there. I came to play. And he's like, All right, everybody, it's New Year's, and I'm the most most must-see WWE superstar. I'm the two-time Intercontinental Champion. I made it better WrestleMania with The Rock or whatever. And then he'd say, like, you know, then the cake would open or something. Some fucking cake would be in the ring for New Year's. Then Tyler Bate would come out, and Vince, you know, in Gorilla would be like, ah, he's a big, strong baby. Look at that big New Year's baby. It's perfect. Thank God Vince isn't there anymore. Poor Tyler Bate would... (laughs) But he's still kind of doing that anyway. He doesn't have he's to. Doing but, yeah, he's doing it. He's still kind of doing he it. He wears the. He's got the. His his tights are white, and the design on the front is like the design on the front of the tighty whiteies. Where yes, a little pouch where you, where you pull your your fucking dingus out to to pee without pulling the fucking uh, underwears down. That's what he wears. It looks like he's wearing underoos. You remember underoos? <laughs> of course, I remember underoos. Yeah, of course. He just this man wrestles in fucking underoos and calls himself Big Strong Boy, and it's fucking weird. It's weird. This guy needs to get some long tights or some colorful something. I think it's I had I think I had Kiwi Herman underoos. I believe so. I'm, listen, I think I had Robin, not Batman. Robin. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> Because they used to come with a T-shirt too. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got the shirt and the. Yeah. It was a set, so I had the. the you got shirt. Robin. What a raw deal! They must have been sold out of yeah. Batman. Your mom's like, all right, well, whatever. Robin's I got fine. Robin. <laughs> the, the fucking red shirt with the green sleeves and the letter R like on the chest, <laughs> right? And then the little fucking lines down the center, like it was a uh, like, and then and then the fucking bottoms, like it they're they're colored with. The underoos, like you were like a character, be with the underoos. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, that's what he wears. He wears like underoos. Like it's it's really fucking weird. Like he's become. You're right. He became like a giant man baby. That's his gimmick. He's a man baby. But um, he was really good in the match. And you know this this was better. This was like a million times better than the women's match. But um, you know it was too much though. You know a little a little much. But they put Trick Williams over, and he's starting to get over, and he's got a ways to go still in the ring. But, you know, I called this one from the start. I, I am still buying the Trick Williams stock. I still say he's going to ultimately be a bigger star than Carmelo Hayes. You know, it's like the the the, the basic-ass small brain take was always, oh, Carmelo Hayes is going to be the big star. And if you have any... um eye for talent or eye for you know uh, how, how how to project young wrestlers it was obviously going to be trick williams he's taller he has a he's more telegenic um he's a former um uh, college football player so he's a good athlete so he's a, there's a good chance that he's going to be a good worker now the, the the thing with trick williams was always going to be um is he ever going to pick up the wrestling part of it we still don't know that we still don't know that. You know, I, I can't sit here and, and confidently tell you that I think he's some kind of great worker. I know he looks great. I know he looks like a star. I know he has the he's he's got the confidence of a star and I know that he could talk. So what's the last part that he's missing? We got to know if he can competently work the main roster. And we don't know that yet. And let's see how old he is now. He's 29. So we're getting there. Yeah. It's, okay. it's shit or get off mm, the pot. Time. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, but. You know, if, if I was starting a wrestling company, am I taking him or am I taking Carmelo? I'm taking him. Carmelo's of the finished package already. 
but Carmelo Hayes is what he is. That ceiling is low, and I, I was going to say on this night it He's became it. it became very very obvious because you have Lex King and, and Carmelo having just a, a boring as fuck, nothing happening, dead crowd match. Yeah. Carmelo's his yeah he has good matches with Ilya Dragunov great <laughs> cool really tough I could do to that. have great matches yeah. with Ilya Dragunov you know what I mean but anytime he's in there with well so- actually actually considering what we're about to review maybe it isn't so easy. oh yeah I was gonna say <laughs> someone did find a way to have a pretty bad match uh, with Ilya Dragunov but like you know the Carmelo thing was like I've never seen it for him in terms of like that ceiling like you said that floor is good like you know you're gonna get a solid guy he he looks the part in some ways. He talks. He has confidence. He has all that sort of stuff. But he doesn't have that projectable main roster superstar stuff. First off, we talked about it a couple uh, many many weeks ago when they had that 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 uh, that special NXT where they try to load it up to go against Dynamite, and they had him in there with Cena and Undertaker and all that sort of stuff. And these guys are like a foot taller than this guy. Like he's he's short as hell. And you can, I know that that's a Vinceism, and it really doesn't matter, but. That's this company though has a lot of really tall dudes, and that's kind of what the company has always been. So when you have this guy that isn't you know as as big as these other guys, and then doesn't work like a small guy either, he works like a bigger, slower, deliberate type of guy or whatever, and that I think affects him a little bit as well. That he doesn't you know he doesn't come across like this this super worker either. You can be a little shorter and be a super worker. I don't know though if you can be a little shorter and be a WWE main event style worker, and that's kind of what they've turned him into, which is fine. And that's okay, but I, I think his ceiling is going to be NXT main eventer, and, and that's that's as far as I see him going. Or if he goes to the main roster, mid-card guy, lower mid-card guy, that sort of stuff, tag team guy, something like that. Whereas Trick, on this night, you see, okay, this is a dude that is big. He's six foot four, I think, is something around there. Built like a brick shit house, has charisma. A shorter, but, yeah. Is he a little? I mean, he but he comes, but he wears it well. You know what I mean? Like he he comes yeah, across he's, like he's, a bigger dude. His body makes him look tall. Yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah yeah. He just he, comes he across looks like, like, a, like a big strapping athlete. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, he looks like an athlete. He looks like a yeah. big time. And that's taking nothing away from Carmelo. Obviously, Carmelo's in, in in great shape as well. But there's just something different about the guy that's just a little bit uh, you know four or five inches no, taller. You're right. He's listed. He's listed six four. Okay, right. and he I don't know. I don't know if that, he's probably six two, six three or whatever. But he's big. You could tell that he's he, yeah. and you can see the difference in that like okay yes this guy is the dude who the ceiling is way way higher for this guy the way problem is will the floor get there and that's he he hasn't quite figured it out but if you can accentuate his positives and hide his negatives he's going to be the dude and he's going to be the guy that gets over and i'll say on this night man he was more over than carmelo hayes has ever been over yes yes and it, it, he's got the higher ceiling in the lower floor and he start and and he he started you know Carmelo Hayes has been a wrestler for longer. You know, he started earlier, so he's got that advantage as well. And I'm not saying Carmelo Hayes isn't going to be useful. I mean, he's obviously someone who can work the main roster. I'm, you know, I'm not saying the guy isn't good. I just, this idea that he was this lock to be a big time star when the guy next to him, to me, was always the one that I had my eye on. I mean, that, that, that had the potential to be a big star. I think Trick Williams has a chance to be a really big star. I'm not saying he's going to be. I think he has a chance. I think there is a clear ceiling on Carmelo Hayes. And the only reason we compare them is because they've been paired together for fucking how long now? Two years or whatever it is? Yeah. So it's a natural comparison to make because they've been aligned and they're still aligned. And they're going to do the big feud at some point. You know, at, at the end of this show, the idea was that everything was cool between them. But they did that thing where Carmelo Hayes is staring at him after he walks away because, you know, they can't ever be subtle about anything. So, um, you know, cause it's wrestling for fucking sea monkeys. 
so they have to make sure that you know what's, what's <laughs> yeah, just in case you time. forgot that there's tension between yeah. these two guys um, that we've alluded to every week for for uh, what feels like six months. We now have to have a long shot where we look at Carmelo Hayes, look at him longly, and go, mm. yeah, stare, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- the idea was to get Trick Williams over here, and he he is over. He's over like crazy, and in front of this crowd at least. And I thought this was the best match in the show, um, which brings us to what wasn't the best match in the show. Kiana James and Roxanne Perez in the cage match. And I mean, this is like every Roxanne Perez plunder match that they do on where it's like, it's so plastic. And, and it's like a, it, it, it's like, I guess it's technically a cage match because they're in a cage, but like, what was the point of being in the cage other than, I guess they climbed it a couple times and dove off and yeah, they climbed uh, it a couple times. They threw each other into it maybe about yeah, 125 kinda. times. They didn't know what the hell else to do in the, with the cage. Yeah. Yeah. So they just grabbed yeah. each other's heads and threw each other into the cage a bunch of times over and over and, and, and listen, over and over exactly, and over. And it wasn't exactly in a way that you would think that you would remember from the territory days of throwing each other into the cage either. You know, it was, um, you know, they, they they were being very careful with one another, and it was an NXT fucking cage match. I don't know what uh, what else to say. Yeah, it's no, soft. no blood, no it's violence, soft. no intensity, no, no intensity. Just, yeah, just that fake veneer of intensity, but you know what? There's no intensity because they, they're not good enough to project intensity. Right, because they stink. And they're so bad you know, at actually and, wrestling that they had to do a thing where Keanu James tried to leave the cage. And Vic Joseph's like, I don't know why she's trying to leave the cage. It's not an escape the cage match. But it was so she could bring a WWE branded black chair into the ring because right, they needed something. Because right. after the uh, t- right. uh, nine minutes of them throwing each other into the cage, they decided, well, we need something. So they had her go get the chair or whatever. And then it all led to the door opening. Roxanne Perez walking to the door. And then Izzy Dame coming out and slamming the cage door on uh, Roxanne Perez's. And they said, oh, my God, it's Izzy Dame. (laughs) No, I don't know if this is going to light the territory on fire quite like it did world class, but I guess we'll see what happens happens in there. uh, Is that the most copied finish of all time? Yes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. has to be, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, it's – yeah, they just – it's a constant. Who did did it the second time the best? Would it be – Triple H and Mankind when they did their version yeah, of it. Yeah, you were there live for that, right? At the Meadowlands, SummerSlam 97. SummerSlam 97. Yes, yeah. I was there for that. Yes, it was. Um, was that the most effective copy of the Terry Gordy spot? Yes. There's been so many. I don't know. I mean, WWE would do it on a yearly basis at pretty much every cage match they would have. Yeah. Do it. I don't know. I, I guess it's pretty uh, – I don't know. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know if this Easy Dame one is going to be – uh, is going to be it. But yeah, so Izzy Dame, if you if you don't know, she looks exactly like Tiffany Stratton and has the exact same character as Tiffany Stratton. So there you go. She came sure out. She's another super worker to add to the mix. Yes, sure yes. She's, she's a terrible worker, and she's playing a bitchy Barbie character. So much so that if well, you I don't go know. to I've her. Never, I've, never seen, I've never seen her wrestle. Have you seen her wrestle? Uh, I watched a video, and it did not look. Uh, okay. Yeah, it didn't. I'm not familiar with her. No, yeah. Mayu Iwatani, this is not, I don't think, over here in NXT. But I just love that they have another character that's exactly the same. Because if you go to her like Twitter account, her avatar is Barbie. And she goes, I'm a bad Barbie bitch, or whatever her tweets. And I'm like, we have that oh, already, great. I thought. Don't we already have a bad Barbie bitch? Do we need two bad Barbie bitches? Like, surely Tiffany Strand has to adapt her character, right? We can't have two of the same characters on NXT anymore, Joe. Is that That's not possible, right? So, anyway, who cares? Oh. Ilya Dragunov defeats Baron Corbin Ugh. 
boring as fuck. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah. It happens. I watched it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you here on Cage Match, OSX85 says people are sleeping on Corbin for how he was portrayed during his main roster run. He was motivated in the build and showed up to throw down against Dragnoff here, his best match yet. 10 out of 10. The perfect ah, wrestling match was on this yes. night. <laughs> the perfect match, yes. <laughs> right. You will That's never see was. a more perfect yes. wrestling match than Ilya Dragunov no. and Baron Corbin at the main event of NXT no, this was the, deadline. This was the pinnacle, the pinnacle of professional wrestling. <laughs> the sport was, gets no better than this. It, it, it's, nope. Got to throw the 10 on it if you have the opportunity when, when you see a match like this. Um. So, yeah, whatever. This show... Uh, I mean, I, there's been worse NXT shows for sure. <laughs> I guess that's the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it's fucking NXT, and NXT is terrible. And I'm going to keep telling people it's terrible. We cannot let them get away with it. No, Rich. no, no. We have to we stop. Can't. This. We can't let them get away with it. So, um, yeah, we're already almost three hours into this fucker. We better move it. Yeah, along. we're two and two and a half hours. So let, let, let's get this going here. Let's pay some bills here real quick. I'll let you know this episode of the flagship podcast is brought to you by our friends. Magic Mind. And Joe, you know me. I drink a lot of coffee. I get myself so chock full of caffeine from coffee that I'm unfocused. I have trouble staying on topic or getting my mind together or finishing the show uh, under three hours. But that's all right because, thankfully, Magic Mind has now entered my life. This little shot has improved my mornings and, more importantly, my days so much. Very easy to incorporate into my morning routine. It tastes great. It helps me stay on track throughout the day. And instead of reaching for that second, third, or fourth cup of coffee and then having that dreaded crash, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I take this little shot, and I'm good to go for the rest of the day. Magic Mind gives me mental energy, mental focus. It helps me sleep better, and I've been able to be more creative and more focused as well. Magic Mind has all the ingredients, sourced from the best suppliers around the world, all natural ingredients, uh, no sugar, nut-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly as well. So now it is time for you to join me in transforming your days and your nights. Visit magicmind.com slash flagship. That's magicmind.com slash flagship. Use the promo code flagship20 to get 56% off your first subscription to Magic Mind or 20% off your first one-time purchase of Magic Mind. And Magic Mind has 100% money-back guarantee. No questions asked, so there's really no risk. If you don't like it or it isn't improving your days and your nights, they will refund you in three to four hours. No questions asked. Once again, add Magic Mind to your morning routine at magicmind.com slash flagship and use the discount code flagship20 for up to 56% off uh, a subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. And of course, we thank Magic Mind for sponsoring this episode of the Flagship Podcast. Okay, so final battle is on Friday, correct? Correct. We should do a very quick final battle segment because the only people who are going to benefit from this are the live listeners. Because by the time the vast majority of people listen to this, final battle will be over. Correct. So let's give a cursory run through the card and maybe do two, three minutes tops and then move on to some of the other stuff we have to do. So with the main event, they're going with Athena and Billy Starks because, you know, it looked like there's no way we're going to do two or three minutes, by the way. That is such wishful thinking. So um, when are we ever that pithy? But <laughs> I was going to say, good for you, like, but go for it. But <laughs> It looked like a couple months ago what they were doing for Final Battle. The tag team titles were on MJF and Adam Cole. The trios titles were on 
Young Bucks and Hangman Page. The television title was on Samoa Joe. The world title was on Eddie Kingston. And it looked like, oh, okay, here's what they're doing. They're putting all the titles on AEW stars. And then they're going to do final battle. And it's going to drum up some interest in ROH, get people to buy some subs. But then they took all of those titles off of all of those people, with the exception of the tag titles, because Adam Cole is hurt. And what we're left with is a card with Athena and Billy Starks in the main event. And I can't say it doesn't deserve the main event because they've been doing this story with the minions or whatever for months and months and months. And then they finally did the Billy Starks turn. Right. And it's like, all right, it is a world title match and they don't have a world champion anymore in ROH. They don't have MJF and Adam Cole. So it really is the best built match on the show. And it probably deserves to be the main event. The problem is nobody gives a fuck about this Athena minion story. It's a cute little story they do behind a paywall with, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, there. look, the reason final battle is behind a paywall to begin with is be, is obviously because they don't have a lot of subscribers right now. That's the whole point of doing this pay-per-view exclusively on honor club, because they're trying to get those honor club subs back up. And it's kind of like a catch 22 because nobody's watching ring of honor on honor club. The Athena Billy Starks thing isn't over. You know, uh, Chris Jericho did a Billy Starks joke last night on Dynamite, and no one reacted because no one knew. knows who the fuck she is. Nobody knew that. That was and, that was very telling when he makes that joke, and they keep saying Billy Starks, Billy Starks, Billy Starks, and the crowd's just like, uh, there's just a murmur. Oh, yeah, because nobody watches ROH. I was like, ooh, that's ROH. your main events in three days. That's not good, or two days. That's not good. I don't like that. Generously, there's ten thousand people who have an Honor Club sub. Because they started with like 13,000, and I can't imagine they haven't lost subs. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was there for the breakup angle. I don't know if you watched it. I'm, I'm sure you didn't, but I was there because they taped it on the Dynamite that I went to. I mean, like, I don't know, yeah. a 1,000 people maybe cared of the of the five or 6,000 that hung around. I mean, it was probably a fifth of yeah. the audience knew what the fuck was going on. Nobody in my section happening. knew. Yeah. I had to explain it to everybody what was going on. And even I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't watch all of it. But, like, I kind of have the idea. Nobody, I mean, nobody, nobody watches Ring of Honor. Nobody. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's um, one of those things where, it, you know, Tony Khan at one point had said Ring of Honor is going to be for the wrestling fans. You know, it's it's, it's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be all, you know, it's going to be uh, carry the tradition of ROH. In it. And then what's the top program in Ring of Honor? It's this silliness with the minions. And you know what I mean? And it's like this kind of shit has has also permeated the brand that Tony Khan had told everyone was going to be the wrestling brand and, you know, straight laced pro wrestling. And here we are. What's the main event of the pay-per-view. So this nonsense. So, um, but yeah, it was the obvious choice. It's the, it's at least the best built match on the show. The, the ticket sales are still not good. It's not a drawing match at all. You know, they're not selling any tickets. I doubt this is going to drum up a lot of subs. And, um, you know, ROH, this is where we've fallen with it. You know, it's just this is the state of ROH. And I was really excited for it at first. And look, all the ROH pay-per-views have been pretty great. And looking at some of the other matches on here, I'm sure this will be a really good show. But that is a weak main event. And the sad part is, is it's the right main event. They don't have anything else. No, they really don't. It's it's so. a weird it's a weird way that they've booked. I, I, I get what they're doing here because they're f- trying to put like the ring of honor in the spotlight, but then this Athena, Billy Starks, I mean, th- th- it would have really benefited from getting something on dynamite, you know, some sort of segment on dynamite. It has existed entirely on ring of honor. So if you're not watching ring of honor, you look at this, 
as the main. It, it's it's just yeah. I, I I know what they're doing. Like you said, it's the right main event, but it, it ultimately it looks rough when you look at this lineup and go, oh boy, yeah, that's the main event. I don't know if I'm feeling that as as main event. And I also not sure. Like I think it'll be pretty good. I think Athena's been pretty good. I don't know if Billy is ready for that sort of moment. I and mean, we've been talked about these Ring of Honor shows, and they've been they've been highlighted by just these tremendous, like amazing main events, and and it's it's a lofty standard to live up to. Well, and I, Athena and Willow was really good. I agree, but I think Willow is light years better than Billy Starks. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a good match. And I've been as critical of Billy Starks as anyone, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have a good match. I just think it's a weak main event. I feel like if the elite were still trios champs and MJF and Cole were on this show and Eddie Kingston had a title defense, this would be in the mid card. Let's be honest. This is a mid card match. It was a comedy gimmick. They did the split. This would be a mid card match, but this is what they're left with. And it's the best option. And that's why ticket sales are poor because there's no star power. um, In the main event spot. And there's a lack of star power up and down the card. And that's why I don't think this is going to produce the kind of subscriptions that they hoped it would when they decided to make Final Battle a, a, a paywall show exclusively. So, um, I don't know. You know, I, I can't sit here and tell you I'm super excited for this. And, and, and here's the other thing. I'm going to be no fun Lanza again. I thought Athena was far more interesting when she was just this badass who was beating the living shit out of people to the point. What's the story, Joe? What's the story to to the point? People were complaining that she was working too stiff because people got worked. That was awesome. And that's really what got her over to begin with. And then they went in the comedy direction, you know, and I'm less interested as a result. Maybe I don't speak for the masses and maybe this, will draw 10,000 new subscribers. I don't fucking know. I just don't feel like it's going to. And I don't like the way that you're telling me they reacted live to the split. And I don't like the way they reacted to Jericho's joke last night. I just don't feel like this story is over because no one is watching. There's zero buzz so. on this show. We're, we're, we're 24 hours out from it, and there is zero buzz. I, I don't see previews out there. I don't see any other podcast talking. I don't see any. There is no, one cares. no, no one buzz cares. to the show. No buzz. So... Vikingo defends the AAA title against Black Taurus. That's going to be awesome. They should try to sign Black Taurus because he rules. Um, FTR and Mark Briscoe versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That's going to fucking rock. That's going to rule. Like a G- That's going to be the match of the it's night a, for and, sure. And it's a Jay Briscoe tribute match. And you probably could have main evented with this, in all honesty. But I look, I understand why they're main eventing with Athena and Billy Starks. Athena main evented last time with Willow and knocked it out of the park. It is a world title match, and it's a story they've been telling for months. She's the best thing it. on Ring of Honor television. She is the focal point of Ring of Honor television, so it makes right. sense that she's, she's the, the main star event. of that show. And yes, so I understand it, but you 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 probably could have gotten away with main eventing with this, with the Jay Briscoe connection and everything, but uh, whatever. It's a minor gripe. Tony Nese and Ethan Page have been having a feud on Ring of Honor. They're going to have an I quit match. Um, two guys who are charisma deprived, and I'm sure that match is going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. Shane Taylor and Keith Lee, they kind of have this ongoing feud on the Ring of Honor sub-brand of the company that gets, you know, reignited every time there's a pay-per-view. So they're going to finally have it. I don't think they've had a singles match yet, right? They had a tag match for sure. Um, This might be their first singles match. And then they're doing a survival of the fittest. Dalton Castle, Kyle Fletcher, Lee Moriarty, Commander Lee Johnson, and a mystery man. That'll probably be somebody fun. 
right? Unless they've announced it already. Uh, as far as I know, as of this recording right now, 1029 on uh, on December 14th, and still TBD. So maybe we'll get a fun surprise, either a return from injury that we've forgotten about or somebody new coming in. And then the main event that we talked about. Look, oh, and I there's one the more show... match. Sorry, one more match got added. Uh, oh, oh, breaking news? Our, uh, breaking yeah, ish, ish, breaking ish okay. news. Uh, ROH Pure Championship, Wheeler, Utah versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Oh, see, now look, the show's probably going to be pretty damn good. I'm sure it will be, yeah. The show's going to be pretty damn good. It's just no one cares. Um, We have first numbers here for Revolution in Greensboro. You want that? Oh, uh, yeah, go for it. Tickets. Uh, WrestleTix, their first report, 7,125 tickets distributed. Their setup is 9,300 seats. So this continues the pattern of AEW pay-per-views drawing well. They're going to maybe do 10,000 in Greensboro when it's all said and done. Oh, they'll add. They're already they'll over 7,000. That and that, that's a Sting retirement so, match or whatever. They'll, they'll add yep, to that one for they're sure. They're going to do 10,000. So that's going to draw well. Look, that's been the story. The pay-per-views are still doing well. Why? Because the pay-per-views are good. And I should note, it's one week. Okay, I understand. Point three for Dynamite last night. Point three. A few weeks into this little tournament deal. I don't know if you saw two weeks ago on Collision. I know you want to talk about Collision. Oh, yeah. a good transition. I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago on Transition they, on Collision. They did the three Continental Classic matches. And in the, in the quarter hours... Those were the three spikes, mm-hmm. the three Continental Classic matches. Mm-hmm. Now, this week, Dynamite, the best demo number they've done in God knows how long, mm-hmm. point three. And we're, you know, and this is going to lead into what you want to talk about. Look, I don't know. Again, it's one week, but we do have some evidence that there is some interest in the Continental Classic as it's moved along. Maybe people just want wrestling, Rich. I think that might be the case. Yeah, I, you know, you know I, maybe I they a... don't want MJF and his show long goofball threads. You know, you know, he wasn't even on the show last night. I mean, I don't mean to pick on him specifically again, but I don't know. Maybe next week, you know, you know, but it, you know, Moxley Swerve, you know, that quarter didn't do great, but it went up from the quarter before, so there was some interest in Moxley Swerve. You know, and the Continental Classic stuff has been, you know, I wouldn't call it a blowaway success from a business standpoint. The matches have gotten better, by the way. We've finally had some great matches. Last time we talked, that was my big gripe. Where are the great matches? Well, last week we had the matches on Rampage and Collision last week were oh, phenomenal. Oh, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Were phenomenal. That Daniel Bryan, the Bryan, Daniel Bryan, the Bryan Danielson match with Andrade where he went after his eye. Oh, I mean, that, how but, good was that? And then beat him. Incredible. And then he just beat him. That's my favorite part of that entire match. Just, that's right. Is that Bryan Danielson didn't overcome the odds. He fucking lost. Andrade kicked the guy in that's the right. fucking eye and beat on his eye and then beat him and then won the and wrestling you, match. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love that so much. You know? And, and, um, you know, and then Andrade DDTing Brody King on the exposed turnbuckle and beating him last night, knocking him out. Big giant. So, you know, that tournament's been good, and it seems like there's some interest in it, you know, and, and it's 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 starting to draw a little bit on TV. But you wrote a piece on collision behind the paywall, and um, that'll be on the $10 tier, but you go ahead and summarize, because I, I honestly think that the last three weeks of Dynamite kind of have been the same kind of tone, but but go ahead. Absolutely, no, no. I I mostly w- went through collision, you know, the last couple of weeks, just saying like this. I I think this is the path forward for AEW, and and we've seen it with dynamites as well. And I think one of the big things that I talked about in that article, uh, you can read at flagshippatreon.com, is like you talked about the ratings and, and the business moving of it is. 
They went head-to-head with NXT Deadline for Collision last week, and it did not drop at all. We've always talked about the thing that the, the big turnaround this last year that happened with AEW was that once WWE shows were on, AEW shows were plummeting because the fans were being served sports entertainment that they wanted on the other channel and just would say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go watch WWE instead. When given a choice, they chose WWE time and time again, and that was never the case before. There was three years of data that that was not the case, and all of a sudden this year, it turned around and it switched. Now with this last collision on on deadline again, that's one one deadline, one show, one PLE or whatever to look at it, they didn't drop. And they were against the in-season tournament in the NBA. They were against some pretty decent competition. It's a Saturday during the holidays, and it it, it was a good rating this last Saturday uh, for, for, for Collision. And it went head-to-head with NXT Deadline, and those people didn't leave. They stayed because you know what? They got wrestling on the NXT. Uh, on, uh, they weren't going to get the wrestling that they wanted at NXT Deadline, but they got the wrestling they wanted on Collision. I thought that was very, very telling. And to me, it was like the more more evidence that you're pointing out that, that this week's ratings also reflected of like, maybe this is what people wanted, guys. <laughs> maybe this is a true alternative. Professional wrestling. Do what you do better than anybody else can do. Nobody else can have a match like Andrade and Brian Danielson. Nobody else can have a match like Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. No other wrestling company on earth can do that. It, it, America. Let, let me let me because people will say ah oh, but they could do that in there. okay America ah, they I'll, get the idea they, they you know what I'm idea. saying but I'll say America just before people go oh, they do that in, uh, all Japan does so, some some dope on YouTube will make a comment that'll piss you off that's yeah, where right, you get right, the worst right. one but <laughs> but America who else is gonna do that match that Andrade Brian Danielson match is it, nobody else so you know that if you want to watch that kind of match there's only one place you can watch that and that was on Collision and like you're saying Dynamite the last couple of weeks has had really really good wrestling really good you know so it's like to me it was the shining light and that's kind of what the article was about is like this is the path forward this is the path towards rebuilding is. Going back to what you your roots, doing what you guys did, because look at it. The business is turning up. Things are looking better. It, it, it I, I, more, Way more critically acclaimed. I don't know. I think this is the way forward. I think this is what they should be doing more. Call me crazy. I'd rather AEW have good wrestling than uh, inflatable alligators and, and, and owie, the Chinese food's too hot. I, I don't know. Seems like this is working a little bit better. I like it a lot more. The ratings are reflecting it. The crowd seems pretty hot again. I don't know. I'd go with that. The crowds have been great, by the way. Those crowds have been phenomenal the last couple of weeks as well, which I think they're maybe not numbers, but in terms of the crowd reactions, way more than there was a couple of weeks there where it was just like a funeral when you were watching Dynamite. It feels like that's a little, uh, back a little bit too. So I don't know. I feel like we're, uh, we're figuring out what people like out of their AEW, and it's not what we were served for most of the summer and the fall uh, of 2023. So we'll see. All, so what's this Continental Classic is done, man? I don't know because we're that's opening up a lot of TV again for a right. lot of bullshit. So I'm still a little worried. To, what people have to remember is there's at least three Continental Classic matches on each episode of TV, which takes up at least three, sometimes four segments, depending how if the matches go through a commercial or whatever. So a lot of real estate's going to open up when the tournament's over, and there's going to be a lot of room, and maybe some because there's been less for lack of a better term, sports entertainment style stuff. And people know what we mean when we say that because the tournament's taking up so much of the, the, so many of the segments and it's working. The tournament's drawing on a lot of these shows. And I think dynamite's been better the last three weeks. They haven't been great shows, but they've been very good shows. Have they been vintage great shows? I don't think so, but they've been very good shows that I've enjoyed that I, that I was, that I haven't, I almost gave up doing the reviews. People could hear it. You know, the listeners not, those reviews were getting hard for me, you know, but I think the last three have been pretty good shows. And it's because, you know, look, and, and this ties into the article you wrote 
you know, I, I did a segment today on the TV review, on the Dynamite review, talking about how I really think if it were up to me, if it was my decision, I would market AEW as a premium product. I would, I would, and the comparison I used, because Tony Khan is such a big fan of prestige TV, as we all know, he's always referencing, um, you know, the Sopranos and, and um, what's the other gimmick? Uh I, he I, loves the Sopranos. Right I think he likes the Wire too. I believe. I I, I don't know if that. To no, be sure. the other one is Succession. Succession's Succession the other one. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and um, you know, and HBO used to have a, a slogan. It's not TV. It's HBO. You know, and it's like, look, we're not doing laugh track comedies. We're not doing police procedural dramas with cornball music playing in the background, uh, where a big mystery all gets wrapped up in forty eight minutes. We, this is HBO, right? It's kind of uppity. Right. It's a little gatekeepy. It's a little we're better than the rest of TV. But they were, you know, and they were like the forerunners of, of what became uh, the prestige TV era, the golden era of prestige TV. And I feel like AEW lost its way this year, as we all know, and they need to get back to their roots of being, you know, we're not sports entertainment. We're pro wrestling and we're a more sophisticated product and we're not for the unwashed masses. We're not for. Your 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 sea monkey WWE fan who only knows one way of telling stories that has to be as unsubtle as getting hit in the head with a brick. We can be something different, something better, and we can carve out a little piece of real estate in the world of pro wrestling. And I feel like they're taking some steps to slowly get back to that. You know, I've always said the more that Reddit enjoys Dynamite, the more that like Raj Geary thinks that Dynamite's doing a good job, that's how you know the show has lost its way. And when those kind of people, the the WWE fans or the Reddit mutants or people like this, the more they complain about Dynamite and AEW, generally the better it is. And 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 that's more of what they should be, because you, as we've talked about a million times, there's no point in just being a knockoff of what WWE is already doing and already doing well for the people who want that. WWE is serving their audience better than they maybe ever have. You're not going to win those people over. And the ones you do win over, you're always going to be their second choice. Carve out a niche and be something for everyone else. And be a premium wrestling product. And yeah, people on Twitter and Reddit are going to say, ah, oh, this is who they think they are. You know, pro wrestling isn't, can't be that. It has to be story. Let them, t- you're not trying to attract them. They're never going to like what you're doing. You're always going to be their second choice. Win us back. Because I believe there's enough people who like pro wrestling that you could be successful doing pro wrestling. And not whatever this horseshit has been all this, you know, most of this year. So anyway, that's on YouTube for people who aren't subscribers and don't listen to the, the Dynamite review. There's a seven minute clip where I talk about that in more detail, where I think it would really uh, behoove AEW to present themselves as a more premium product for a more sophisticated audience. You can't get now. It is pro wrestling, and it can only be so sophisticated. But you get the idea of what I'm saying, right? But say it with your chest. You know, like, and pretend you know. Pretend yes. that you guys are fucking prestige. Pretend you're better than the other guys. Pretend nobody else is doing yeah. what you're doing because they aren't. And nobody else can do wrestling better than AEW can do wrestling in America. So you know what? Fucking do it. No. Say it. <laughs> you and know WWE what I mean? has no interest in doing no, it better than they, they don't want do to do what it. They do. And you're trying. And they've got. And AEW lost their way, and they were trying to do what WWE does. And the last month or so has shown. That not only do they do this better than anyone else can, they're getting results now. We're seeing some signs that people respond to it. 
So, you know, I, I, I really firmly believe that they, they can be, they were successful for the <laughs> they first were, two years They were being tremendously successful. Being different and being an alternative and rubbing it in the faces of these people that they were an alternative and they were different and that they were better. And this is not something unique to pro wrestling. What the fuck? WCW did it with where the big boys play. Same idea. Where this is where the big boys. How many times would Eric Bischoff say that per hour on Dynam on Nitro? This is where the big boys play. Okay, it's the same idea. It go, go back to go back to Sega versus Nintendo. Sega does what Nintendo don't. You know what I mean? It, it, right. It's same thing. You They're know, slow HBO. and old and Mario yep. and bullshit and kids games. And for kids, yeah, we're Sega. We got sports and violence and yep. Mortal Kombat with blood oh, and all this yeah. shit. Blast processing. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the same idea. And that's what, you know, Tony got to get his nose back in that Challenger brand book and understand what he's supposed to be doing here. That's what it needs to be. And are you going to annoy people? Is it going to be off-putting? Or are they going to think you're being arrogant? Good. Yes, good. 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 <laughs> that's those people. You know, yeah. That, that, yes. Yeah, you know, and, and I and I believe that's what they need to do. So um, that clip is on YouTube, on our YouTube page. It's also on our Patreon for free. If you go to the the the, the Dynamite review, if you're not a subscriber and you click it, the seven minute preview will be there where I clip that out as well. So it's along the same lines of what Rich wrote behind the paywall. Rich, um, final battle update two days ago, twenty two hundred and fifty three tickets <laughs> out, which is a brutal number, and that was actually up from the previous update. And WrestleTix, who, you know, does this better than anyone, he speculates that that's with a lot of freebies, too, based mm. on the way the chart has moved and everything. Well, so things are going to move a little bit more, Joe, because we got two more matches to announce. Yeah, go for ahead. Final battle. You ready? We got the Gates of Agony versus TMDK for the six-man titles. I'll put some butts in the seats. And okay. then something that might actually put a butt. Maybe we could put some butts in some seats. The Von Erichs versus the Outrunners will be on the pre-show. Look, I love the Outrunners. I think they I are love it so... Too. I love it, too. Anybody that doesn't you know, like it's a dork. I get if people aren't into it, but I like that. Look, they're as long as they're jobbers, I think it's right. great. Right, if, if they're winning titles, okay, now we'll talk. But yeah, if they're now, just jobbers, now we have a problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, then I have a problem with it. You can't push them. But as dorky job guys that are like a takeoff of an 80s fucking WCW Saturday Night team, I think it's <laughs> Fucking rocks, yeah. Um, You know, they're very entertaining. But... um. Yeah, so that's uh, AEW and the Ring of Honor. Do you want to do – how do we want to do this? Do you want me to – you didn't watch the Impact or MLW shows. Do you want me to blow through those or do you want to do the, the Japan stuff first? Uh, blow, blow through those and then we'll do Japan after that. Okay, um, I got to get back to uh, to the format sheet here. Give me one second. Uh, you want to do MLW or Impact? <laughs> Choose your shows. own adventure, Joe. I – I uh, you couldn't pay me to watch either of those, so, so uh, knock yourself out, whichever one. Let's talk about MLW one shot. We've been doing a lot of MLW the last few weeks because, again, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? This is co-branded so, with uh, the WTF uh, uh, Corporation as well. The it's not just co-branded; they really leaned in. They did um, a WBF style bodybuilding competition on the show. Okay, that's kind of uh, cool. Which was one, right, that kind of which was won by Hammerstone. Okay, well, that's good. That's, I would have had my money on him, so that's pretty good. And, you know, it was, it was a big comedy. Set. They brought out, like, one half of the main event, who was very skinny. And then they brought out, um, I think, who was the second guy? It was the guy that comes out with Alex Kane, I think. The guy that used to be in. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Sharp. 
Thomas it was Sharp. Thomas Sharp. Yeah. And, you know, and then Hammerstone came out and he won and won the little, they had this little trophy. It was small on purpose. That was the bit. But then Jacob Fatu came out from the crowd and beat the shit out of Hammerstone. So we're going to do another Jacob Fatu Hammerstone feud. Um, and that got a good reaction. So, but they did other stuff too. Like they had Steven DeAngelis was the ring announcer and he came out and announced the attendance like they used to do on the old WrestleManias. I guess they do them on the new ones too, but. And he announced that they did one half of a fan more than all in to set a new all-time attendance record. They just did a lot <laughs> okay, of cheesy right, right. 80s WWF style. They they kept playing uh uh the Saturday night the Saturday night's main event um song. What the fuck's the name of that song? Obsession. They kept like obsession was the bumper music all night. Um so you know, and and it, whatever. But um Rocky Romero, Mascara Dorada, exactly what I thought. They did a 70% effort match, and they didn't work at Arena Mexico style. They worked at American style. So it wasn't nearly as good as it could have been. It was okay. And then they had the cheap finish where Selena De La Renta helped Rocky Romero win. Yeah, of course. So so, so we, we called that to an exact T. So we called everything. You don't need to see it. It's totally skippable. It was like three stars or something. Um, Miyu Yamashita defeated Delmi Exo. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't know anything about Yamashita coming in and I don't really like EXO, but it was okay. You know, um, Satoshi Kojima versus filthy Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler is part of the WTF deal. This is a f- notebook match. This is the best match I watched all week. Nice. I, all right. Glad to hear that. I'll, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll got, go watch that. You should. It, it, it was a really awesome match. You know, Tom Lawler, he worked the arm. He injured, he kicked the arm into the ring steps or something very early to go after the strong, to take away the Lariat, right? Like, they worked a match, Rich. I, I was, I've seen so much wrestling, like, this week. Where, <laughs> it was a pro wrestling match, huh? Yeah. And, and um, you know, so he controlled a lot of it, and it was stiff, like, down the, the closing stretch. They worked hard. And, um, you know, nasty offense. And and they had a, a I, I would go about four stars flat. Kojima wins. And then they're putting him over, and, and you know, he was a, obviously an MLW world champion, you know, 2003. And he did a promo afterwards and he said, I come back after 21 years. Do you remember me? You know, and everybody cheers, you know, and he's like, uh, there is many bread. Cause they all threw bread in the ring okay. instead of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. He's like, there is many bread. And then, uh, he's like, I am the strongest arm, you know, and they went nuts. He's over like a motherfucker. It's, if, if, it, if it existed, if there was an award for best freelancer of the year, it would be Kojima. Oh, yeah. He has been everywhere. And he, he works his ass great. off. And he works his ass off everywhere. He works hard. And um, he's still got it. Like, he legitimately, he's got to be 50. And he legitimately is still awesome. And this match fucking rocked. And at this point, I'm like, this show's not that bad. You know, we're three matches in and it's it, everything's been either okay or, or great. And then we got Ricky Shane Page versus Jimmy Lloyd. Oh. And this was the This was not the best wrestling. match you watched all weekend. This is not the, this <laughs> is not the one. The GCW offer match. We got a CMLL offer match. We got a New Japan offer match. And now we got the the Game Changer offer match. I I I I, I will say this. I didn't hate it. Mm. That's high praise. Jimmy Honestly, Lloyd. that's high praise with, with these two guys and you. Yeah, the story was Jimmy Lloyd was backing up his boys. Mance Warner and uh, Matthew Justice, who have been feuding with Ricky Shane Page, right? So he's coming in to help them out because, you know, Mance Warner's gone. He lost the loser leave town. 
and Matthew Justice. I don't know where the fuck he is. Ricky Shane Page comes out with the guys with the gas masks, you know. Well, one of them t- attacks him and takes the mask off. It's Akira, you know. So that was like a cool little angle. And then he softens them up, and then it's just straight plunder. It's a Jimmy Lloyd match, but they kept it short. And Lloyd came in almost like a mercenary for the second gear crew, and and the right guy won because Ricky Shane Page beat him, and we probably won't see Jimmy Lloyd again, you know. So from that standpoint, I thought it was well booked, you know, and I didn't hate it. I, you know, it told a good story, and and I didn't hate it. So we were really on a roll here. And then it was Janai Kai versus Maki Ito that fucking sucked, complete waste of time. Because I can't stand Ito. Matt Stryker does not understand Ito's gimmick. Mm. It's a tough Who's gimmick. It's a um, real tough uh, uh, Joe Dombrowski. Dombrowski got it. And well, it's trying not, to, how do you not get it? It's the Because Matt Stryker is a fucking fool. And <laughs> it's been the Dombrowski same gimmick for years, saying, like, and it's very easy to figure out. So Dombrowski would be like, she got kicked out of the idol group, and she might look cute, but she's nasty. Like, he got it. You're right. Right. Like, he was literally and laying it out. She looks cute, but she says fuck, yes. and she's nasty. And Matt, that was going over Matt's head? No, and then Matt kept coming back with, Dombrowski, it's an insult to say a fighter is cute. Oh. You need to stop. Like, he... Oh, he, like, just and stepping all like, over it. <laughs> yes. And Dombrowski keeps, keeps trying to explain, and Stryker keeps, like... You just don't get it, Joe. She doesn't want to be called cute. She's a fighter. Yes. Like, and it's like you're because her slogan point. isn't "I'm I mean, the cutest pro wrestler in the world." That's not what she says right. every time she talks. Right. Ugh. And then she did the crying bit, and I, and even though I don't like it, and it's not for me, it just was all lost on Striker. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. It just doesn't get it. You know. Um. So anyway, but I will say this: Janai Kai looked better than she has in a while. I thought. Physically, she had some snap to her offense, and um, I will say that. And then it was Alex Kane and Matt Cardona, and you know the lander got tried to get involved, and you know it was Cardona, and um, Kane beat him, you know, pinned him in the middle, and then they had uh, Richard Holiday come out, and he signed with the WTF, so he'll be the next challenger. It looks like for Kane, it also looks like WWE didn't hire him, you know, obviously because he's back in MLW, so. Um, either that or he does or he is on his way and maybe he's got some time before he reports. I don't know. But Richard Holiday is back in MLW and he's with the big heel group with Mr. St. Laurent. So the WTF shit. So that was one shot. Much better show than I was expecting. Sounds all right. Much better. Sounds I, all right. Maybe, maybe I'll fire It really wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to watch anything except for Kojima and Tom Lawler, which legitimately ruled. I think I'll watch that main event too. I, 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 I like Alex yeah. Kane a lot. So I think I'll watch that main, but baseball fans are you excited for the upcoming season i know i am it is time to gear up and show your team spirit with mlb shop the official online store of major league baseball find the latest jerseys hats apparel and collectibles for all 30 mlb teams at mlb shop represent your favorite players your hometown team or relive classic moments with exclusive throwback gear gear up for the season at MLB Shop. Whether you're cheering from the stands or watching at home, show your love for the game with official MLB merchandise. Make sure you use our exclusive link, voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB Shop to help support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Again, that's voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB Shop. You'll pay the exact same price, the exact same items. Everything is exactly the same about your shopping experience, but a small percentage of every sale 
comes back to us. So again, it's voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB shop, the official online store of Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was that. And then Impact's final resolution. I don't know. Impact just bores the hell out of me. I, every I time I watch Impact, I, yeah, I, I'm bored out of my fucking you know, mind. So, You know, it's like, I guess it's competence pro wrestling, but it's also boring as shit. I, it just doesn't do anything for me. They, this was from Santino's little gym. So there might have been 150 people there, 200 people. Um, Ace Austin and Chris Bay defeat Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards. It was exactly what you're probably picturing in your mind. Perfect little two and three quarter star match. Maybe a little better. They do the they do the Heyman special, right? It bleeds into Alicia Edwards versus Jody Threat. Um, anyone who's seen Alicia Edwards wrestle knows that we don't need seven minutes and forty four seconds of Alicia Edwards. No, that seems like a lot more minutes of Alicia Edwards than what anybody needs. But uh, so uh, Jody Threat wins. Then yeah. then we're treated with some Tommy Dreamer. So then we get Tommy Dreamer versus Deaner. Um, anyone who's seen Tommy Dreamer wrestle since 1999 knows we don't need 11 minutes and 38 seconds of Tommy Dreamer, uh, but that's what we got. Um, and he retains the prestigious Impact Digital Media title. Uh, Mike Bailey and Trent Seven, who is now signed with Impact. I think that's a good move for both parties. Absolutely. They sent Kushida, too. I don't know if you saw that, but. Yeah. I, and again, like we talked about it. New Japan was never going to do anything with Kushida again. So that is a good move for both parties as well. I think both of those are really savvy signings for impact. Um, they beat the rascals in what do I want to say that was the best match on the show? I think I do. Cause I didn't like the main event at all. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, what's his name came out with the contract and the fuck's that guy's name. Uh, God, it runs impact. Fucking Scott Demore. Scott Demore comes out and gives him the contract, and Trent Seven's on the Impact roster. Jake something defeats Jason Hotch. That's the guy who won the the their tough enough gimmick. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he's got a decent look. You know, there might be something he's, there. He's fine. So, he's fine. Yeah, Rhino and Moose they did plunder, and I hated every yeah, second don't care. of it. Move on. Um, you know, street fight. You've seen it a million times. Jordan Grace and Trinity defeat Deanna Perrazzo and Giselle Shaw. It was a match that existed. I have no thoughts whatsoever on it. And then the main event, which disappointed me, um, Josh Alexander and Zack Sabre Jr. against Motor City Machine Guns, which you'd think I'd... Sounds on paper awesome, yeah. But, you know, and they just did stuff. I don't know. I, I was soulless. It was a long, soulless match where they just did stuff. There was no attempt at any kind of psychology or... There was no like, um, no face in parrot. Like I, I don't. There's nothing to it. Just I'm gonna do some stuff. You're gonna do some stuff. I'm gonna tag. Then that guy's gonna do some stuff. And I just it 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 left me just empty. I don't know if I'm making sense. It's just a half hour of empty, soulless wrestling is really what it was. It kind and of feels like involved. what a lot of impact is right now. Uh, I, yeah. Every yeah, time I watch true. impact, yeah. I'm like, this is f- good. I guess it's fine. But I'm I I feel nothing i'm feeling nothing from this and ultimately it feels like a waste of time when i'm when i'm done watching these shows because it's just like i didn't feel you know, a thing. I, let me let me see what um cage match thought of this stuff I, I because i guarantee you that is a decent they got a decent uh number for that match let me let me see because I, again like 
All right, so the show itself got a 6.13, which is like right on the fucking nose. It was, yeah, see, 8.32 for the main. So what I'm going to say is this. I suspect people listening will probably like it a lot more than I did. There's nothing wrong with it. I found it soulless. That's all. And, um, nah, fuck it. I've never said this, but I may as well. This is going to be unpopular. You ready? Yeah, go for it. I think the machine guns are overrated, and I always have fought, I've always felt. Ooh, all time like, overrated. I, you you put them all time okay, overrated. So let me explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me explain what I mean. I think they're incredibly innovative. Okay, <clears throat> I think both of them are super crisp. I love Alex Shelley. I I love Alex Shelley. Saban, he's all right. I'm kind of with he's you. Overrated. I've I've always not been I, a big Saban guy. I've always been a big Shelley guy. The team is innovative as hell. And influential. There ain't no doubt about it. Okay. A lot of their matches leave me the way this one did, where I just feel like it's just soulless and there's not, it's no, no, no connective tissue, no overriding. Like, what story are you telling me in the, between the bells here? And they do that now. Now, with that said, they've had a lot of matches I thought were great. Why I call them overrated, not to say that I don't think they're a good tag team. I do think they're a good tag team. I think that people think that they're a great all-time tag team and an underrated tag team that doesn't get their due. I kind of think they're properly rated. I, I don't I don't see them as a great I, I I wouldn't put them on my upper, which is why I'm saying they're overrated. You could be overrated, like I'm gonna use the easiest analogy ever. Derek Jeter. He's obviously a great baseball player. He's also overrated. You see, that's what I'm saying here. So um you know, that's my hot take, I guess, on the motor. And this and this is another Motor City Machines gun match that left me a little empty. I don't know. So um, that was Impact. I, you know, I, I like the Bailey Trent 7 versus Rascals match. You know, I thought it was a little better. But, um, you know, and nothing else on the, the show was really worth anybody's time other than that and the, uh, and the main event. All right, what else we got? I know we got a couple more. Yeah, we got the Tokyo Sports Awards. Real, real quickly, before we actually get to the Tokyo Sports Awards, I know we're a little bit over. Uh, I think you need a little bit of time to talk about what we have uh, on our Patreon that you released this week. I, I know we don't have time for a huge, big, long plug, but I do want to <laughs> get it out of the way just for people that do not know. Uh, one of the one of the the most researched things and, and, and longest things, I think it is absolutely the longest thing that we've ever posted on the Patreon uh, rave review so far for the November to remember special edition, the life career and death uh, of Eddie Gilbert. You want to talk about that real, real quick, and then we'll get to the uh, Tokyo sports awards and sign off here. Yeah. So I did put out the, the, the latest November to remember, and it was the Eddie Gilbert, the life career and death of Eddie Gilbert. And I broke format a little bit for that particular show, because I've reached a point in ECW history where Eddie Gilbert exits the company. And I just didn't feel right going through his exit in a little 10 or 15 minute segment on a typical November and then going right into like an ultra clash review. You know what I mean? I felt like it was, it was more significant. He was more significant, not only to ECW, but to the entire, uh, that entire era of pro wrestling to, to do a blow through like that. So I decided to devote an entire episode to Gilbert and I intended to just do a standard length episode, but just make it all about Eddie Gilbert and his exit from the company. And as I was doing my research and working on it, I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to do his whole fucking career. And that's what I did. And it, it goes from birth to death. 
and goes through his entire wrestling career. And I really did a lot of research and dug deep. There's a ton of audio clips. I, uh, I, I, I dug up a lot of old information. I think just about anyone can listen to this and learn something. Even if you think you know a lot about Eddie Gilbert, you probably will learn something listening to this. I know I learned a lot researching it. And I, I, I feel like um, th- there's a, I don't want to give too much away, but I did try to create, I did try to, you know, I looked at his career as a whole and, and I tried to get into his head and it wasn't hard to do because he was very outspoken and wasn't afraid to do interviews. And there was a lot, there was a lot of easy avenues to research him. And I feel like I got a good feel for what made him tick and what made him frustrated and why he had the successes he has and why he was frustrated and why his career went the way it did and why his career and and why his life ended in tragedy. And I did try to tie it all together and, and tie some narratives together with it as well. It's not just a reading of his career from start to finish. I I feel like I, I did try to give it some heart and some life so people can feel like they knew Eddie Gilbert by the time they were done with it. And I know, that's not an easy thing to do. And I'm, I'm not a professional fucking documentary, documentary maker or anything like that. But I was really proud of it when I was done because I think I did accomplish that. And I was very nervous putting it out because I didn't, you know, I worked really hard on it and I, I, I wanted people to really like it. And so far the early returns, people love it. So, and they're getting out of it what I was hoping they would get out of it. And People who know their history are telling me they learned some things. And um, I don't know. I think it's really good. I listened back to it. And of course, there's I hate a lot of it because I feel like, man, I really missed this. Or I, I could have I sort of said this this way or I forgot to add this thing in or this other thing that I cut. I should have left in. But that's just, you know, Rich, sometimes oh, you're God, really yes. hard on yourself. When, <laughs> yes. You know, and it's like, I, you know, so I'm being overly critical. And then I, I had to stop listening to it. And I was like, you know what? It's good. I have to let it stand on its own. People are telling me it's good. Um, and, and now it's like, I'm finding more stuff. <laughs> I'm discovering more stuff. And I'm like, Oh man, if I had only seen this before I finished. And right. I did that I'm with the, the first Brett versus Owen. I listened to it like six times. And every single time I was like, that fuck no. And then I got this yeah. and I found more research and I was like, well, I could edit. I could, I could release a new audio clip. I'm like, what am I doing? Just, it's all right. Yeah, and I'm it's like, fine. no, I can't do this. I actually thought this week, I was like, I could do a re-edited version and put it out. As That's a, exactly like, what, I, oh, I, thought, what you... I, I, I I thought about doing that exact same thing for Brett versus Owen yeah. 1. And I was like, well, no, that's fine. It's okay. It's all right. No one cares. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I caught two mistakes I made that are that I that I can't sleep at night. One, the Tupelo concession brawl. I, I, I misspeak when I first talk about the match. And I say it was the opponent's were Atsushi Onita, of course, and Tojo Yamamoto. Well, it was Atsushi Onita and Masafuchi. Tojo Yamamoto was their corner man. Oh, disaster. But because Tojo Yamamoto is such a big part of the brawl, I in my mind, I just said, you know what I mean? But then a couple minutes later, I get it right. And I, I mentioned Fuchi as being in the match. But because I said Tojo Yamamoto the first time, I wanted to... I wanted to... Uh, tell andrew rich to blow the whole thing up i was like oh, i fucked up <laughs> you know what i mean this and 14 then, seconds among these four hours yeah. is 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 not right so please i'm like we gotta start over you know and i was like joe just calm down and then later on there's a match in puerto rico with ray gonzalez and for whatever reason in the moment i was thinking jose i was thinking invader 
right? And I'm like, oh yeah, and it was that rig, it was that motherfucker. But it's the wrong. I blame the wrong guy for killing Brody. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't outright say that, but the way I describe him, it's like it's like yeah, this know, guy really those, hates Ray Gonzalez for some yeah. reason. Yeah, and nobody's can quite and figure those, out those two little mistakes. Yeah. have been eating at my fucking soul. So I wanted to say them to let people know before you come at me and are like, it wasn't Tojo Yamamoto. I know I fucked up. I screwed it up. And I've been God beating myself up it. for the last fucking week because I did that. But um, but no, I I, I think it's really good. It, it's it's four hours long. You talked me out of doing multi parts. You and Andrew actually, I talked, I consulted both you guys. I was like, look, I can break this into different parts. And you're like, nah, man, just do the fucking four hours. Pete, that's kind of our brand. That's anyway. a badge of honor too. You yeah, know what I mean, and. But what I did do is there's five chapters within the four hours, and they all have natural breaking points. And I don't know if you've listened yet, but it's I like, did. Yeah. So they all finish, like, they all climax. Each chapter has a climax, and then it's almost like a new part of his career when the next chapter starts. So it's not like four hours of me just droning on and on. And then in 1987, no, it, it's it, there's a narrative to it, and it tells a story. And, um, you know, there's natural breaks. Like if you want to, all right, I can't do four hours at once. Oh, okay. This chapter's 48 minutes. Let's get through this. And I'll listen to, you know, so it, there are some breaks in there. Um, and Andrew did a phenomenal job. Like he always does. I mean, it's really good working with him because I can, exp- I know what I want in my head and I, and I'm not always the best at explaining it, but he gets exactly what I want every time. It's crazy. Like we're all, almost of one mind where I have an idea and he's like, no, yeah, I got it. He lays it down and then we collaborate. I'll listen back. And then we're, we, we're just always on the same page and it, it comes out almost exactly how I want it every time. He does a great job. He does. He deserves a lot of credit. Believe me. I could never do this shit myself. I can never do it myself. And he had a lot of good ideas too. Like the chapter breaks where he puts down um, the Donna summer song is the, as like the chapter break. Yeah. it's perfect. That was his idea. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, and Gilbert ring walked to that in many territories. Yeah, I thought it was it's, natural. It's, I thought I thought that was absolutely. I, I I would assume that was your idea, but there you go. Good good on Andrew because yeah, it's perfect. he came up with that. You know, because I told him I said, look, I want to do these chapter breaks because I I end each chapter in kind of dramatic fashion. You know, and I'm like, it needs a little more oomph. You know, it can't just be me stopping, like done talking and then starting to talk. And then he came up with that idea. It's like, oh well, I could do this, and then he played it back, and I was like, that's fucking. Oh, yeah, the song fucking you know, rocks they, too. So every time it played, I was like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> it's so. gonna be in your head forever. Now. Oh, it is. I'm, yeah, I'm like yeah. cooking dinner, going, I'm gonna me to some hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can't get it out of my fucking. It's like head. when we did that deep dive for the uh, the Fantastics. Oh my god, sharp dressed man was in my head for months after that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, but anyway, I'm proud of it so far. People seem to think it's really good. So um, I was nervous. I was afraid. I don't. It wasn't gonna sound. It wasn't gonna be as impactful to people as it was to me um, making it. And and I, I really thought I nailed it once I finished it. Um, and you know me, Mister Humble. But um, you know, you never know how people are gonna react to it. I, you know, I did skip. I don't do a lot of the ECW stuff because I've been doing it on November. You have to remember, this is part of a series. So I kind of skip over those six months, but I did all that already on the other Jovembers, you know? So it's like, and then I'm going to do more Eddie on the next November because I have to do the whole Ultra Clash and all, and all of that stuff. So 
you know, but the rest of his life is covered. His death is covered. And um, I think it ends in a very powerful way. I don't know how many people have finished it yet. Um, and I think by the end of it, you'll have a good feel for, you know, what this guy, you know, he just, I don't know. I feel connected to him in a weird way. I feel like, you know, he had a lot of problems and were different in a lot of ways, but I feel like I saw wrestling very similar to the way he, I see wrestling very similar to the way he saw wrestling. I don't know. And I've always felt he was a fascinating person. And I just thought that he deserved something like this. Now that we're at this point in the ECW story, but um, the next November, by the way, is already mostly laid down. So I know people talk shit that it's slow. It's not going to be slow moving forward. And I know I've said that before, but it, I, I'm going to show, not tell. How about that? I'm going to put my money where put my your fucking money where your fucking I, mouth is, buddy. They're, yeah, they're they're, fa- they're going to be out faster now. I've you know, it's it's I wanted to read the Todd is God book and I'm making some changes next year with the way that I approach all of it. I'm you know, I have to I can't watch everything. I have to stop trying to do that. I, I can't. It's burning me out. It's slowing down my other projects that I enjoy doing more. So there's some things I'm not going to be doing as much of next year, and that's going to upset some people, but you can't make everyone happy. But there's other things I'm going to be doing more of. I'm going to, I'll just tell people right now, the, 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 the notebook roundups are they're December's the last one. I can't keep up. Not the way I want to do it. If I, I could do the notebook roundups watching five promotions, but I don't want to do it like that. Cause it's not, yeah, then it's not a complete yeah, project to me. Yeah. And if I can't go all the way, I don't want to do it. And I, and the thing is, I can't, I can't watch everything anymore. It's, it's killing all the other projects I want to do. And it's making me grumpy in my fucking real life. I, I can't do it because I feel like I'm always trying to fucking, man, I, I'm trying to bring my kid to Taekwondo and I'm trying to squeeze in a fucking match from big Japan. And I'm like, what am I doing? I, I can't do this <laughs> right, anymore. Right, right, yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, it's not like I'm going to stop watching stuff, but I'm, I won't have the pressure on that. Me. I, I must watch all this stuff every month, every time for an entire year. Yeah. I have a deadline and I have to watch every piece of wrestling that happened in November by December 15th. When I write my piece, I, I'm going to put a hundred percent effort into the, the November and December's like I have been all year. And then I think that's going away. I'm, I don't want to do it with just AEW, WWE, CMLL, New Japan, and All Japan. That's not a complete project. What is that? And if I can't do it complete, I don't want to do it because then it's half-ass. But I will replace it with something. What you'll probably get is more of the Joe reviews five matches that I used to do or, or stuff like that or more random TV reviews. That's what I mean. This has consumed a lot of my time. I'll have more time to do other shit if I stop doing the notebook roundups. It's just it was it became too much like November, like November. So anyway, that got off the beaten path. But that's that's the Gilbert thing. Even if you're not a November listener, I think it also works as a standalone. I really do. So it's on the five dollar tier. And if you like it, um, you know, go back. The Novembers are evergreen, you know, and you could start those at any time. And most of them are under an hour. So they won't take up a lot of time. And then. You know, I'm going to give it a little time. This is four hours long, so I'm not going to put the next November out like tomorrow. I'm going to give it a week or two. Um, maybe by before, maybe I'll set a goal. Maybe I'll have it out before the end of the year. I mean, I, I you know, but um, but then from there, they should be faster because I'm cutting back on, on some of the other stuff. Anyway. 
There you go. So that's uh, that's flagshippatreon.com. Obviously, five dollar tier to get the Joe Vember to remembers. Uh, five dollar tier also gets you my uh, Brett versus Owen series. Uh, talking about the Brett Hart versus Owen Hart feud. That uh, episode two should be out uh, next week uh, at some point. That'll be covering the uh, the month of December nineteen ninety three and the Brett Hart versus Owen Hart feud. Plenty of stuff in there. Some iconic promos. So excited about that episode to drop. And then yeah, all of other all of our other stuff. Uh, end of the month is going to get you the uh, World's End uh, instant reaction live. We'll be doing an instant reaction live immediately after uh, AEW World's End. So that gets you that. Uh, as well, that is on the five. Uh, the ten dollars tier is for the instant reaction live. Uh, the bonus audio is on the five dollars tier. Ten dollars tier is all of our live shows, all of our written content, and everything uh, unlocked for ten dollars. That's flagshippatreon.com. Do remember to remember uh, the Eddie Gilbert's uh, uh, life and career and death of Eddie Gilbert is up there right now. Four plus hours, well, well worth your five dollars a month for sure. But uh, all right. Uh, we are way over time, but let's real quickly go over these uh, Tokyo Sports Awards. We don't have to go through every single award nominee or whatever, just kind of the winners. Uh, real quick, pithy thoughts about each. Uh, Tokyo Sports MVP, a.k.a. the best wrestler in Japan, which, by the way, these these have a little bit of journalistic credit to them. Like, it, I guess we have to kind of preface if people don't know what the Tokyo Sports Awards it's political, are. Political. Yeah, it's political, but to it some tends, extent. Yeah, to but it extent. tends to be... Yeah, they're respected awards. Like, they're, they're, like the companies will tout them. You know what I mean? The wrestlers will tout them, but they're a little political as well. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, Tokyo Sports MVP, best wrestler in Japan, Tetsuya Naito gets the uh, the win here with 11 votes. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi was second. Sonata was third. And Kano was fourth with one vote. So obviously the big thing that jumps out at you is Sonata only got two votes and finished third. And he was IWGP champion most of the year. Right. And it normally doesn't work that way. Naito had to match the Muto stuff. And then he won the G one. And um, it's not like he's an undeserving winner. I could see where they were going with that, but there really weren't a lot of strong contenders to be honest, because Sonata has not been a strong champion. He just hasn't been. And this voting really reflected that not only did he only get two votes for MVP, he didn't show up anywhere else. Now, normally what they'll do is the guy that doesn't win MVP will win something else. You know what I mean? That's what I mean when it's political, they didn't even give him anything else. Like he, he, you know, outstanding performance. He only got two votes for that. And Hiromu <laughs> got the 12 votes and one outstanding performance. Like naturally he would be like, all right, well the IWGP champ, if he's not going to win the MVP, we'll give him outstanding performance or fighting spirit or something, but they didn't even do that. So it just tells he got, you he that got nothing. He got nothing. Yeah. It's just, he's been, he hasn't been a great title reign. It just hasn't been, you know, and people love to argue with us about it. He doesn't get good reactions in the buildings. People. Oh, well, yeah, you, yes, he does. You're not, no, he doesn't stop. He doesn't. Okay. He hasn't gotten good reactions. I don't have different ears than you. Okay, he just had he has matches haven't been anything special at all. And outside of that second Jay White reign, it's been the worst IWGP title reign in a long time. And and this reflects it, I think. These re result awards reflect it. The guy didn't even get a vote. None of his matches got a vote Not a for one. best match. Not a one. And I he mean, won't get any either. In our in Voices of Wrestling's match of the year. He won't the, get any. That's right. He, he There'll be maybe one or two that pop up somewhere in the thing. But yeah, nothing. I don't think anything. Nothing's going to be in the top 50. Nothing. No. And I'd no, be no, no. I'd be, I'd and, be shocked if anything gets in the top 100, honestly. He hasn't had great matches. No. And, it, and this is political. Like like Muto and Nakamura, Nakamura won. Like yeah. that's not a great bell to bell match. That's not going to do well in our poll either. But. You can understand why it won because this is more, you know, it's a huge match and Nakamura from WWE and Muta. You could get it. You could get it. It wouldn't be my pick. 
but they sometimes go weird. And that's even more of an indictment on Sonata because he's the IWGP champion. You'd figure one of his matches, they would pick one and it would get some token votes. Nothing, nothing. This man got shut out and it's just unprecedented for the IWGP champion in this era, a long-term champion to get completely fucking housed in these awards to where he was an afterthought. Okay. I thought tag team was interesting because Bishimon wins. Saito brothers are only one vote behind me. Saito <laughs> brothers nearly won tag team of the year. And they're not even the best team in all Japan. What I mean, I like the Saitos, but my God. I think that rocks. I mean, I, I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> so they, you know, but Bishimon takes it by a vote. Outstanding performance. Again, this is often the consolation prize for not winning MVP. And Hiroma wins this. He finished second for MVP. And he really ran away with it. Kano, Jake Lee, and, and Sonata got some down ballot support. This, this also tends Hiromu. to be, without doing, uh, uh, John Carroll from Wrestling Omakase gave me a lot of good research uh, about the history of this yeah. award. We unfortunately don't have a ton of time. But a lot of times what, what this award tends to be is, all right, we're very political about MVP. That's going to go to a New Japan person. Outstanding performance, right. fine. We'll give it to some guy from NOAA or some guy from All Japan right. or whatever. This case, it was Hiromu again. So so it's like they wanted right. to reward Hiromu for his year, but didn't want to give him the MVP because that was Naito. So they gave him this, you know, uh, outstanding performance right. award and, and he overwhelmingly got it way over Cano, Jake Lee and, and Sonata. And let me tell you, outstanding. I, I wouldn't describe Jake Lee or Sonata as outstanding at any point during this year, but sure. Token votes. Fine. Yeah. Because exactly. they were champions. Right. They were right, champions. Right, right, right. And they got the token votes. Um, you know, and the Fighting Spirit Award, which is usually, all right, well, now we're gonna pick a guy from another company, you know, and 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 this is where they went with Cano. And uh he he won this pretty easily, you know, Yuma Aoyagi, Jake Lee. Nakajima got some support and the technique award is like usually a dork award where they'll give it to a worker. And that that's where they found room for Yuma Aoyagi. So you see how political it is. Like, oh, yeah. but th the other guy they shut out was Jake Lee. Like Jake Lee didn't win anything that, either. And he that's was, fine. <laughs> and that goes to tell you, like, you know, it's so funny and I really don't want to make it a thing, but like a lot of times we talk on this show about this stuff and our critics will be like, oh, you're typical Westerners. You don't yeah. know how to change. They don't know what feel. it's like domestic. It's like the, the, the but, but, Western fans don't know shit about how it is in Japan. It's like, okay. And I usually stay quiet about that. But a lot of the people who say that I've been watching Pearl since before they were born. That's and number one. Also, so, they also live in America, too. So shut the fuck up. And they live in and they live in America, too. And also, you're not going to Pearl explain me. That's not going to happen. I've been trading tapes since before your parents met. OK, that's that's the other thing. That And I don't often do this rant, but when I tell you that Sonata and Jake Lee were shitty champions, fucking listen to me next time, okay? Because here's your Japanese Tokyo Sports Awards, and they got fucking housed. Why? Because they weren't good champions. Can we put this to bed now? Maybe listen to me. Don't argue with me. Um, newcomer Award. There's your Saito's, baby. Saito, they wanted to make sure. They're like, these motherfucking Saito. They didn't win that tag team of the year, and they said, we're giving them newcomer of the year then. So the Saito's, your newcomers your of the year. Baby. Yeah, yeah. edging out uh, Oiwa, my boy Bolton Oleg, and uh, the women's wrestler Zones. Zones. Zones with all caps. Yeah, people are wondering, Yuma Anzai won last year, so he was not eligible this year. Yeah, it used to be called the rookie, but they changed it to newcomer, and it they're very fast and loose with what they consider a rookie, so... It gets a little wacky, but um, 
And then the women's award, Tam Nakano. I have no opinion because I don't fucking know. Was that a good pick? I have no idea. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I, I would uh, kind of surprised Julia wasn't a little higher in that one. She didn't get any votes apparently, so I don't know if that's some weird political thing that I don't know about. But uh, yeah, Tam Nakano is a fine. She's a fine pick. They're going to go stardom here and not Tokyo Joshi Pro though, right? Like, that, well, yeah, yeah, that's and that's why I said do. Julia would be one that I would pick from. From, but I, I guess yeah, Tam Nakano is a fine pick. It, it, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, similar to New so, Japan versus Noah and Dragon Gate and that sort of stuff, it's going to go to a stardom person first and foremost. So, and, and it did. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Fujita Junior Hayato showed up a couple times. Um, got a couple votes for best match with Hiromu on that Mishinoku Pro show. And didn't he get votes? He got votes for technique. Didn't he return from another cancer or something? He's had a lot of health problems. So, um, he did get some support in these awards, which was a little bit surprising. And you know, that's a good thing. Um, I, I the other the other thing I thought was funny was show finished second for technique award. And it's like, what is it? The technique of swinging a wrench? Like, what are <laughs> the we technique fucking doing of, here? You of know? covering but, the referee uh, up while Dick Togo grabs yeah. a garrote wire. I guess that's a <laughs> yeah. technique. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he know, almost he, won. You know, he almost beat Yuma Yagi. I know. Was like I know. A couple of votes away. Look, Aoyagi was going to win something. Yes. That's how these awards go. And again, we told you Jake Lee stunk all year. We told you Aoyagi was good. Who won the fucking award? You, you know what I mean? Like maybe listen to us sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah. Anyway, I, somehow I make it about me again, but, uh, and then I guess our last thing is the new Japan world tag league finals. Look, they didn't do many angles at all on the show. I watched this whole fucking show bored out of my fucking skull. Cause it was not a good show. No, it was not. Um, the main event, listen, I don't need 40 minutes of Bishimon versus Phantasmo and Hikaleo. I just don't. I, I, this was egregiously long, dull as dishwater. Long for the sake of being I, long too. You know what I mean? Like it felt a two like a, star, is a fucking, this is a two star match. I mean, okay, I'm glad I, that was kind of my hot take too. I think a lot of people really, really like this. And I, I like the semifinal matches uh, pretty decently enough. Uh, this final, though, uh, I heard people be like, oh, one of the best World Tag League matches ever. And I'm like, I, okay, I, maybe. Not to me. Not to me. Uh, I mean, maybe they're all I, really, really bad. I don't remember all the world. I, I, I don't recall World Tag League finals that much. I thought I was bored out of my mind during this. So, yeah, me too. I, I yeah. was extremely bored. It's an 8.25 on cage match. Um, Hikaleo is instant go-away heat for me. Uh, see, I'm becoming I, I think he's actually getting better. I, I thought he's gotten a lot I, better. I don't want to watch him. His gear stinks. He stinks. I, I'm, <laughs> I've had enough of him. I've become, I, a, I I become a believer, so I, I, I'm actually the opposite of you these days, but that's fine. I don't understand why this couldn't be a neat and tidy 22 minutes. Get in, get out. Give me hot action. This did not need to be 40 minutes. This was ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. After you make me sit through a show where there's just nothing happening for three hours. I mean... The rest of the show was fine. You don't give me any angles. All right. So they jumped Ishii. Right? House of, um, not House of Torture. Um, United Empire. Right? They jump Ishii. And then later on, we get Shota Minu running in there to go after uh, uh, Ren Narita with the House of Torture stuff. But those weren't really angles. That was just guys, go, you know, getting after it. And then, uh, you know, Tanahashi and Okada versus Gates of Agony was a nice little, cool little three-star match, giving Gates of Agony a chance to wrestle two legends. It's a nice little hat tip to those guys for working hard on the tour. I get it. But you can't make me sit through three hours of a nothing show where you're not even giving me any angles. You're not doing anything interesting. 
And then you give me a 40-minute main event with these two teams that you could have done the same match in 20 minutes. I don't know. It annoyed me. This match annoyed me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make my worst enemy sit through this fucking it, match. It was long I for mean, the sake of long. Long for the sake of long. Yeah. Just... Yeah. So I didn't like it. Um, you know, I didn't hate it necessarily. But, um, oh, what are we getting corrected on zones here? Yes, the yes, yes, zone. yes. Her name is Zonasu. I, you know what, Joe? I, I don't care. I really don't care what Zone's <laughs> what? name is supposed to be. Who fucking cares? I, we'll probably never talk about Zona Sue again, yes. I guess. But um, is this like the the High 69 thing? Yeah, was... and I'm going to keep calling him High 69, and you can everybody can tell me it's Hiroki, and then it's going to make me just it's call Hiroki. him High 69 more and yeah, more right. and more. So, Well, we didn't find out for like seven years that it was Hiroki, right? And then, I don't know. But... Um, Anyway, so that was the uh, World Tag League. Um, yeah, I didn't. It, I wasn't a fan of it. Look, apparently some other people were. So if you're a big time Hikaleo fan or you're really into Bishimon and you want to see them wrestle for 40 minutes, knock yourself out. I look, there was nothing wrong with the work. I just it, it was a, it was know. long for the sake of long. When when they did yeah. the ding 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 20 minute call, I was like, oh god damn it. I was like, we're going. I feel like Hikuleo when Hikuleo set up that table on the outside. I don't. They didn't do the spot until like a half hour. (laughs) I know it was so long after. Yeah, unnecessary. Now look, it could also be that I watched about nine wrestling shows this week, and this was the last one I watched. No, 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 no. It was boring as fuck. And a lot of you know what? A lot of New Japan this year has been boring as fuck. So it's not. No, that's not you. Maybe it's I'm maybe not, it's an us I, thing. Yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's a me thing too. But uh, I, I am not enthused by a lot of New Japan stuff that I watch. And and uh, yeah. This this show did not help. There was a lot of the World Tag League I enjoyed. This one oh, did not enjoy this final at all. Really boring. But uh, yeah, there you go. Get ready for show, Rich. Get ready for Wrestle Kingdom. All right, that is it for us. We have gone way, way, way over time here. Uh, we will be back next week. Of course, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we'll have to find a different day because the Rams are playing on a Thursday, so maybe we have to do it on a Wednesday or, or Friday. We'll figure it out uh, which day. But uh, that'll be next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, voiceswrestling.com for previews, reviews, columns of all the stuff we talked about. Uh, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, flagshippatreon.com, of course, to uh, subscri- subscribe to our Patreon uh, and get bonus audio and written content as well. So that is it for us. That is Joe. I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media. We talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture. And we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.